You just got a new client. Minwax is here to say congrats. So stop by Lowe's and get yourself a Minwax yellow can. We deliver premium one coat colors, quality finishes, and protection that lasts. So no matter how particular your client is about those kitchen cabinets, you can give them professional custom results guaranteed. Keep on finishing with Minwax, America's number one selling brand of interior stains and clears. Available at Lowe's. With us. And King of Hueco Mundo, welcome to SOR again. Fitness Marquise, welcome to SOR chat. Michael Kennedy, good to see you. And uh, the lovely Diesel Girl Props, how you doing? Rock the Gaspar, lovely Vera Ray, nice to have you here. Dan Roach, welcome to SOR chat. As we like to say hello to everyone. Carfudibre and Simon Condon, good to have you here. Hi, Science Bob in the chat room. So as it goes, time traveling. Asians, how you doing? Welcome here again. It's been a while. And we got about 35 seconds before we're going to launch this show. So let's see if we can fit roll call in here. Oob to Joe's Maine, you've got Lola. And uh, more pictures, please. We love that little puppy. All right, Troy, SR71, nice to have you here. And who else do we have? Quickly here, Kurt Cocaine, welcome to SOR Chat. Strangeland, Steve Wolf, nice to have you here. Digger Dog, nice to have you here. Terry Hall, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you back. And Logan Black, Polly T, the gorgeous Fidgety Aura, Chuck Webb, welcome to SOR Chat. There's Richard Elmore, Truthertainment, good to see you. Margaret Oliver, welcome to SOR Chat. Do me a favor, everybody, let's get your horns up. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Navy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, SpacedOutRadio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. We're going to rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We're going to get this thing going right off the bat here because it has been a very, very busy month in the world of UFOs. Joining us tonight is our resident artist, Dirty Filth. He'll be drawing along all night long, painting cartoons for you. You won't see that on the radio side, but if you're on the YouTube side or the Twitch side, you got a good view of what Filth's mind is all about. Here we go. Science Bob McGuire is here. Jimmy Church from Fade to Black. Danny Silva from The Silver Record. A little bit later on, the fedora-wearing John Hudson is going to join us, and we may have Tim McMillan from The Debrief coming on a little bit later as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for participating in the SOR Roundtable tonight. It's good to have you. We're going to start off, gentlemen, with a very, very 
uh, introspective look at Lou Elizondo. Now, this is a man who came on the scene just a few years ago with the Two of the Stars Academy, and most recently he did what some people are calling almost like a farewell tour of podcasts and radio shows and YouTube channels where he said he's had enough. He's got to go back behind the scenes and and get things going. Danny Silva, I want to start with you on this one because you've been following Lou since his TTSA days and you've been a champion of what he is doing and and everything that goes along. I mean, looking at the past four years, what worked, what didn't? You know, I think uh, a lot of – I think basically everything worked, really. I mean, it didn't lead to this, uh, what we have today. So how could we really say anything didn't work when we have hearings and all this other stuff? I think there was bumps in the road. Um, obviously, TTSA didn't really accomplish everything they set out to. Now, that did that have anything to do with Lou? I'm not really sure um, because at, at this point, right now, everything that they set out uh, to really accomplish has happened. Now, now TTSA themselves, they didn't build a ship and things like that. But, uh, I mean, there's hearings and... You know, there's videos out there. They're not the greatest videos in the world, but people want them. Um, their people are seeing them, and the uh, the public is there. So, really, I think, and, and people aren't scared. I think was another goal that they had that uh, people don't always talk about. They're, they're waiting to see how the public was going to react. Were they going to get scared? And generally, some of the public doesn't even care. Some of the other public is like, of course, UFOs are real. So I think everything has basically worked as far as what Lou has set out to do. I think he's changed his plan and called some audibles at times. Um, and now there's this announcement from Danny Sheehan. I don't know if uh, Sheehan was supposed to say it or not, but, uh, you know, last week Sheehan kind of let it slip that uh, Lou is advising Space Command on UFOs, quote-unquote. So that's a huge development. If uh, um, it turns out to be confirmed, I mean, I don't think Sheehan would have said it if it wasn't true. So by and large, I think everything is basically has worked. There's been bumps and audibles and changes, but uh, now we're here where we're supposed to be. All right, let's bring in Jimmy Church here because, uh, Jimmy, you and I kind of took a stance right at the beginning of the whole TTSA thing, and even though we really didn't know each other back then, but we kind of told our audiences, hey, you know what, follow it. Be careful with it. Take it with a grain of salt. Use your own discernment and judgment. And then all of a sudden, Lou leaves TTSA, all of a sudden becomes very much more, I'm going to call him human on that end. What What is your thoughts? What is your feeling on Lou Elizondo coming in, coming in real hard after, you know, Tom DeLong basically ruined himself with the, the uh, Joe Rogan interview, and then Lou really taking over, taking the spotlight as the number one guy in ufology? Yeah, it, there's a lot to unpack uh, there. There's a, there's a few questions that need to be addressed. But um, my position uh, with Lou um, really hasn't changed uh, from where I was uh, four years ago, uh, which is it, it's, it's a blanket way of looking at things across uh, uh, ufology, which is we're not here in the now now to be judge and jury. We have to let time play out. It's got to play out. And I had said that four years ago um, uh, when the announcements and everything started to happen at the same time, which is, look, just don't push all of your chips into the middle of the table. 
Let's see how this plays out. In two years, we can look back. In three years. Now, here we are four years later, and and we can look back and, and kind of gauge things. Uh, my position is, is is still fundamentally the same. We have to let things play out. And Lou knows uh, my my position on this, and and his position is the same as mine. Trust nobody. Listen to everything. And 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 if you just do those simple things, which is listen to it all. Let's let's try to assess and figure it out. But but trust no one. Trust yourself. And, and use discernment, and we will move forward. Now, if we look where we are today, um, I'm I'm surprised that uh, TTSA is has gone away. Um, uh, it, it went away faster than I think any of us thought it would. Um, that that is a, is a little bit shocking uh, to me. But putting that aside, the fact that we had hearings last week. On the 17th of May, last Tuesday, here we are a week later, and we're still trying to figure out what happened. It it was a huge day for the world, not only for ufology, but for the world. And, and I know, um, as a matter of fact, that uh, Lou's efforts and Chris Mellon's efforts and others uh, pushed to get this hearing happening. And I know that right now, as I speak to you, and again, this is um, speaking as a matter of fact, uh, there are meetings going on in Washington, D.C. right now to get more hearings happening very quickly. So what we're going to see develop in 2022 is, is incredible. Are we moving towards the big D I'm feeling it. I, I, I am feeling it. I've been at this for 50 years, Dave, 50 years. And at this point in the game, for me, uh, I am willing to just let the machine play. Uh, the chess game that is going on right now, there are moves on this chessboard, uh, one from one side, one from the other. And then there's another move, and 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 it's a delicate thing. And I know that some people want this to happen right now, overnight. It's not quite going to play out that way. But uh, the the developments that are happening right now, and I, I expect some announcements uh, early next week. Um, and I'm just saying this on on your show that I expect some announcements uh, early next week. I think they're going to be eye-openers, and we're going to move this thing forward. So Lou's efforts and Chris's efforts and others, uh, those are the public faces right now. Those are the ones that are forward-facing, um, have been tremendous. And and here we go. I'm just telling everybody, buckle up. It's a, It's about to get a little crazy. Well, I want to ask Bob McGuire this in regards to, uh, in regards to Lou leaving the scene. Is this good for ufology that he went back into the black, so to speak, a little bit of ACDC there in order to uh, do his job a little bit more without distraction? Or is it a loss to ufology that the face of the franchise, Bob, has you know, kind of disappeared, at least for the time being? So in several, I listened to several of Lou's interviews, 
and um, he's on his farewell tour. And I'm sure the farewell episode of his tour podcast will end one of these years because they're ongoing. The guy has not gone away. On the other hand, Danny Sheehan, I've known that cat for a long, long time. And he is not a liar. So if he go and he will not, he tells everybody going in, especially if he goes into the Pentagon or intelligence community or any of those things and talks to them, don't ask me to keep a secret because I'm not going to do it. So if he's out there saying that Lou is joining the Space Force as an advisor, that's a fact. I'm just, I'm taking that to the bank, okay, and believe in every word of it. So uh, my opinion on the hearings was really negative on day one. But typical with my kind of thinking and analysis, I cooled off and thought about it some more. And that hearing was like a great big rock dropping into a pond. A bunch of waves spread out from that great big rock, and it stirred up a bunch of stuff from the littoral zones and from the bottom of the bottom of the lake. And that stuff is showing up. Now, in several of Lou's interviews, he said people were coming forward to replace him and that they were bigger than he is. So I'm just waiting to see that and hoping it's true. I haven't found, no matter how many people from inside that work for Gary Reed or with Susan Goff or any of those people, tried to knock him off his horse and break him, uh, I have not found him to be a liar at all. So uh, uh, sometimes I feel he doesn't quite express himself well enough, and he hasn't thought through his sentences well enough, but I've not found him to be dissembling in any way. I think the guy tells the truth. I think he's uh, ready to lead a private life, and he hopes these people come forward and take over for him. Like any good manager, which he was of this effort inside, even after everybody else claims it was over, because interviews were still going on even long after the official funding ended, I believe that he is hiring his replacements, which is the saying. You always want to be hiring your replacements when you're a good manager. All right, Danny Silva, I want to bring you back in here because, you know, Lou going dark and working from behind the scenes, personally, I'm going to say I don't like it. I really don't. I, I, I've only talked to the man a handful of times, interviewed him three times. But the one thing that I really enjoyed about him was the fact that all of these Easter eggs that he would leave on different interviews and certain interviews, and some he would give more, some he would give less. But what does this say about the UFO community, Danny, when you know a guy as strong as Elizondo who could put a lot of weight on his shoulders all of a sudden just says, screw it, I'm done. I, I'm done with the community. I'm done battling with people, done with the email threats, done with UFO Twitter, and just walks away from it. I'm kind of waiting to see that happen. I know uh, we're talking about it now and Lou's mentioned it, but I feel like we're not six months or a year into it where he's been quiet. So it's a little bit hard for me to kind of visualize that because he's done so many interviews, even recently. Um, I guess he's saying he's going to... Uh, cut back on them. And, um, and I definitely understand why, um, you know, he's been battling all these years. Uh, he, he came in getting bashed a lot and that's why, um, you know, I was so vocal, especially at first trying to, uh, defend him. But then also Lou was so great. Even his, uh, biggest detractors ended up being his biggest fans and friends. Um, in the long run, I mean, he still has some big detractors, 
But I, I don't know about his uh, his retirement, quote-unquote, here. I think he's going to be doing a lot of things behind the scenes. If he stops doing these podcasts like he uh, has intimated he's going to, um, it'll be a little bit different. But until we're six months or a year into him uh, being quiet, it's a little bit hard for me to comment on it because I feel like he's been so vocal so recently. Um Jimmy, did uh, Lou give you a reason why he didn't? I, I didn't see that show. Did he give you a reason why he wasn't on your show last week with Sean? Uh, well, yeah, he 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 got on a plane. He was on a plane that day. Uh, Lou, uh, okay, I understand um, the way that people want to read into this this thing. It's not a retirement. Um, let me be very clear, and I I speak to Lou. Uh, nearly every day um, on a multitude of issues. And he was the, 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 the show that we had planned last week or earlier this week, I'm sorry, uh, with Lou and Sean Cahill. Uh, we were all very excited about that because of the way that the hearing went and, and the moves uh, moving forward. And that day of the show, uh, Lou said, man, I've got to get on a plane and I can't, I'll, I'll make it up to you, Jimmy, but I'm, I'm on a plane tonight. And so I was going to have Lou call in, uh, during the show with his cell phone. We've done it many times and I couldn't pull that off. Um, just so he could tell everybody he was, uh, thinking of us, but, uh, I couldn't pull that off. I can't say where he was going. Um, but Sean flew out, uh, the very next morning and I was thankful that Sean didn't fly out with Lou. Okay. And, and so we were able to, uh, continue the show with Sean. Now back to everybody's point here, Lou taking out, uh, two hours, uh, a day, uh, on any given day to do a podcast when he's got other people in his circle that are going, Lou, we need to stay focused here. We've got stuff we're doing here and stuff. And Lou, being the nice guy that he is, he has a hard time saying no. He wants to be in 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 the community and wants to be out there. I don't think he pays a whole lot of attention to criticism on Twitter. He's a he's dealt with other stuff in his life uh that is uh uh much a, a bigger challenge than than UFO critics on on social media. I don't think that affects him at all. So, no, that has nothing to do with it. It's about time management and figuring out how to move forward uh, over these uh, next days, weeks, and months. And and that's what's going on. Um, Lou has been a champion of, 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 of disclosure and trying to get to the truth, and, and that's his goal here. It's, it's not about retiring and backing out of the public eye or – or anything like that. No, it, that has nothing to do with anything. He's just a very, very, very busy guy with right now the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Science Bob, let's get you in here to uh, uh, give your speak. Do you think that he uh, he has uh, got too much behind the scenes going on right now that the public has to take a back seat here? Yeah, I, I believe that completely. Not only that, the guy's got a family. He, he's moved to Wyoming. He needs to set up a business. He needs to make money. I think the things we heard about the personal sacrifices he made 
to go out to California and be with TTSA, I think that those personal sacrifices at the expense of his family's uh, well-being are, in fact, true. And they, they, they went along with him, of course. And uh, you, you and others have interacted with his main supporter, and she's about as tough as nails as can be, and so she's all behind him. But look, there comes a time when you as a person want to do all you can do for your family and that he will have a major consulting role with Space Force. That's fantastic, especially if it gets him to Huntsville so, uh, and to SCU so you know I can go up there in, in two hours and interact with Hoffman and the others that are up uh, and, 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 and Eric and others that are, that are in Huntsville and I'll be up there next weekend. So we'll see how it goes anyway. So I, I believe that overall Lou is doing what is good for Lou right now. And uh, they have largely, he and Mellon and the others, which are the unbelievable military personnel and some civilian uh, aircraft pilots and others have done in testifying before Congress. A lot of that went on in the background. But look, the Gillibrand Amendment did not get written in a vacuum. I mean, Mellon and Elizondo and all of those people helped formulate her thinking. But look, Gillibrand is not a ufologist, and you can read that amendment and see that really subject matter expert people were involved in the crafting of that amendment, and it blew through like, you know what, through a goose, and the president signed it, and here we are. The idea, though, that over the last year especially, Lou Elizondo has been a pariah to many in this community, people questioning whether or not he even served in the military. Is he, is he somebody who is actually, you know, was in service? What was his position with OSAP, ATIP? You know, we've seen uh, all sorts of podcasts and groups go after him on a personal level, including uh, a documentary made about him. Danny, I, I want to If Cabot were a novel, it'd be about coming of age. Cabot Exterior Stain protects the true character of wood for beauty that lasts. Cabot, trusted by pros for over 140 years. Available at a retailer near you. Kick off summer with great deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Take up to $100 off grills and patio furniture. Get kids' bikes starting at $59.99 and get 25% off Hydroflask drinkware. Shop your store or academy.com. Deals end May 30th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. Say this or ask you point blank about a lot of the vitriol that many within the UFO community seem to have with Lou. I mean, we can't have this discussion without going down that road. And I'm curious with about two and a half minutes to go before we go to break, you, you know, how did you feel about watching the negativity that was brought on by many in the UFO community towards him? This has been from the start. It's, it's nothing new. Um, you know, I've battled with a lot of people over the years about it, a lot of people, and a lot of people changed their mind on Lou, and that's great, and Lou forgave them, and it's amazing. Um, I think just every day he's going to get blasted when you're a public person. I get blasted. I get death threats. I'm sure you guys do. I get weird emails. I have um, people giving out my phone number saying that they're married to me, all kinds of different things. That's insane. And, uh, I only can imagine the level that Lou is on where it's happening to him and it's horrible. And uh, this is the guy that was used to wearing a vest, a bulletproof vest. And remember he wore it to MUFON 
that was when he was new. Uh, he wore it to the MUFON um, convention. So I think he's used to this stuff, and it's crazy, but it's also we're all humans, and it's horrible. Um, but I've just really been able to see him go directly to his biggest critics, get them on board with him, and talk to them on a human level. He's also kind of overexposed in a way doing all these podcasts because he does get used on some of these podcasts, and then they make him kind of like a, a drama-type situation. It doesn't happen with all of them. Some of them it's inadvertent. You know, a lot of times it's inadvertent, and these guys do support Lou, and they want to help. And then it just that kind of, the kind of drama just happens. I did want to mention one thing about Space Command. Now, I'm not so sure that that's a new thing. Lou's been talking about for a long time he's a contractor uh, for the government. We haven't known why. This may have been what he's been doing for quite a while, and it, I think it just finally slipped out with Danny Sheehan. So I'm not 100% sure it's new. I don't know. I can't speak for Lou. I've never talked to him about the Space Command role. Um, I don't know if he'd be even at liberty to speak about it because he hasn't uh, publicly yet, that's for sure. Um, but I'm just really amazed by when Danny Sheehan said that. It gave us a lot of insight, and it's kind of making a lot of things click that, of what Lou has said about being a contractor for a long time. I'd like to hear his words on it now and his thoughts. I don't want to speak for him on it. No, it's going to be interesting. That was a nice can of worms that that we saw Danny Sheehan actually open up there in Lou Elizondo being a contractor for the United States Space Force. Is it about aliens? Is it about UFOs? Of course, it's got to be something about that. Jimmy Church from Fade to Black, Danny Silva from The Silver Record, Science Bob McGuire. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio continues. When we return, more Elizondo talk, congressional hearings, NASA. We got a lot going on tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. The roundtable continues right after this. Jimmy, do you got a drop, or do you, can you continue? I've got dinner reservations at uh, ten o'clock. Oh, what? what so, what, yeah, what, I've got about ten more minutes, and then I have to, uh, I have to put on deodorant. Let, and, let, and let Jimmy go first when we come back. Yeah. Okay. Jimmy, I saw your Wendy's post. I was, uh, I'm, I like the food lineup that you had uh, at Wendy's. You had the, you had the chili and the frosty, and the sandwich. I'm feeling that. That was awesome. Uh, I'm going to a Cuban restaurant in 30 nice. minutes. I'm going to be throwing down. Nice. I want me a Cubano right now. Yeah, I was going to support Danny. And uh, look, I I've got offered 20 different pieces of work since I retired at Virginia Tech. And Gary Reed and others blackballed me in the Department of Defense, DARPA, and in the intelligence community. And every time somebody tried to turn me on, they couldn't turn me on because a canary had been put on my security file by that MFer, Gary Reed. I am no fan of his. I hope he goes right down a fucking drain. Is this is this live? Oh yeah, Bob knows. I don't we're give still a shit. Too. I don't care. Bob knows we're still on you. We're still live on. I YouTube. don't care. I literally, I, I hope he tries something. I'll get me a damn lawyer, and I will go after his ass inside the Pentagon in the Inspector General's office. <laughs> oh man, somebody, somebody's knocking on my front door already, Bob. Thanks. <laughs> that took that took seconds. 
Wow. Oh, uh, science hot in here. Man. Dropping Oof. the gloves at center ice right there. Holy cow. Man. My 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 clearance retired retired on May sixth because it had not been picked up in two years. I'm done. I'm over. I'm gone. Apparently. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So, uh, yeah, let's, um, uh, let's get straight to the hearings, uh, when we come back off of the break and then, yeah, good. uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll check out, uh, at about sure. uh, nine 40. Yeah. That works for me, man. Appreciate right. I appreciate you coming on in. <clears throat> oh, this is great. This is great. Yeah. And, uh, your hair looks fantastic by the way today. And I will say that beard looks tight. Whoa. What looks good is this new studio with all those guitars. I have really enjoyed all the guitar making and other stuff videos, Jimmy. That would have been great. Uh, It's, it's, you know, some guys paint wooden ducks. Yeah. You know, I mess with guitars. (laughs) And you have since since you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've got, uh, I've got guitars in here that I've had for a long, long, uh, you know, so yeah, it's just, it's my passion. Yeah, definitely. Jimmy, I got to ask, because you said, uh, on Twitter years ago that you had seen a different version of the Tic Tac video. Uh, did I say that? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 no comment. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of controversy behind that. And, I'm gonna tell you what. Look, I have seen a bunch of stuff on the inside. I'm just not gonna mention it on the outside. But the stuff I've seen on the inside, Jesus H. Christ, right? And I can't fucking wait for that stuff to come out because it's bullshit. It's not out. All right? Did you guys see uh, that that new video on the debrief? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And and what I saw with Dave Beatty's stabilization and enhancement. Watch Dave Beatty's stabilization and enhancement. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty interesting video. Oh my goodness! If we only had the perspective of another instrument or another vi- video, so we could get distances because they look like they're doing these non ballistic motion twirls around each other. They're yeah. awesome. Now, now Beatty is retweeting a bunch of people that are saying it's birds. Oh, bullshit. In his video. That's baloney. That was the point of Dave's uh, enhancement, that it shows flapping. I'm not saying that. That's what they're saying. Oh, okay. You're on fire tonight, Bob. Holy. I'm PO'd. I I mean, the the comment from the co-pilot, I mean, you know, are those fast jets? Right. Well, I would think a co-pilot at that point, moment of takeoff, knows the difference between buds. <laughs> right. Look, look, he, he, he's, the, the guy's in an Apache. He's yeah. full of radars. He knows it's not a bird because it has too high a cross section. He yeah. knows from the instruments in his in his bird. All right, boys. So Dave, ten seconds here. Going to get you to hold on here, and we are going to uh, make it go. And, Bob, no more F-bombs. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm PO'd. Whatever. I won't do it on air. Bob's getting
Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Good to have you back. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We're going to get right to it here because Jimmy Church has to leave here in about 10 minutes. He's got to go do his hair, trim the goatee, make sure he's looking styling and profiling for a little bit of hot dinner tonight. As we got Jimmy Church, Danny Silva from the Silver Record, Science Bob McGuire, and our resident artist, Dirty Filth, who's painting away up there looking good. And let's get to the U.S. congressional hearings here, gentlemen, because this was a movement. This was something that, you know, we didn't expect much, and I'm still on the fence 50-50 with it personally, but I can tell you this. The minute swamp gas was was introduced once again as a potential thought of what these craft may be, I went, oh my God, here we go from 50 years ago. Jimmy, what was your take on the U.S. congressional hearings and what you think is going to happen moving forward? Well, uh, we have to look at this in a very serious manner. Um, last summer, when uh, UFOs were mentioned in the press room, at the White House, live on television, I about fell out of my chair. And I can guarantee you that was the first time in the history of this nation that UFOs were mentioned in the press room, live on television, from the White House. And that was a big moment. And what went down last Tuesday was equally as huge. Because never before have we had Roswell... E.T., extraterrestrials, Malmstrom, uh, the Wilson Davis doc, uh, UFOs, craft, all discussed in a public hearing live. And now, no matter how we look at it, that that's just huge. The discussion has started. Now, no matter what, I don't care if you thought the hearings were great, if you thought the hearings were bogus, it, it, I, I don't care what side of the fence you are on. We can never be satisfied. I don't care how perfect that hearing was, that they announced ETs are here and disclosure is here and Roswell was real. If we would have gotten all of that last Tuesday, that wouldn't have been enough either. Okay, so no matter what, we can't be satisfied. We need more. We can't come off of that and and tell the House of Representatives and let Congress know, let the Senate Intelligence Committee know that that was good enough. No, we need to continue to have more hearings. So as great as it was, and I loved every second of it, I thought it was just amazing, but it's not good enough. We need the 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 layers of the onion just to repeat something that is said so often. But when it comes to UFOs and ET and contact and what is going on with this beautiful blue planet of ours, that those layers are complex and deep, and they involve so many different things. And it can never go down in one hearing or two or three. 
We have to have break-off hearings, subcommittees, looking at different elements of this. Um, there, it, it, it's too complex of an issue. And the other part, and this is a very serious thing, if, if Roswell starts to really get discussed, and we look back at 70 years, and now the government is going to have to do a reveal of knowledge of 70 years and the possibility of technology of 70 years. This opens up litigation and lawsuits and issues from the petrochemical industry all the way over to abductions and, and trauma. It's, 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 it's too much too soon. So baby steps. Last week was great. We're going to have more hearings, and they need to be more concentrated on specific subjects. And it's going to be interesting who is going to be called to testify. And uh, is the civilian element going to be brought forward? If they want to continue with uh, the military aspect of this, which I understand if they do, but then I would expect... John Burroughs and Jim Penniston and Colonel Halt uh, to be uh, brought forward to discuss Rendlesham. That's a military case with military paperwork. We have the debriefings that went on before. We have the three days of activity and sightings. And we have the paperwork and the follow-up and the reports that were done. So there's everything there to ask questions for whoever, whether it's representatives uh, in Congress and the House of Representatives or whether it's senators uh, with the Senate Intelligence Committee. But uh, it's who is going to be called forward. I would like to see Avi Loeb. Um, I would like to see the science element brought into this, astronomers, astrophysicists. But that's another, see, that's another type of hearing. Right? Do we bring the Japan Airlines uh, pilot forward? Do we bring Callahan from the FAA uh, who spoke out about uh, the Japan Airlines incident and, and sighting in Alaska? That's another type of hearing. Do we bring MUFON in? Do, does MUFON go through their case files and all of the evidence that they have from citizens and, and do that? See, you can't do all of that in one hearing. And that's why last week was so important. It was so important for the country to at least get the ball rolling. And uh, there's a, one more thing before I, I, do, I do have to run. I, I, felt, I felt a weird bipartisan friendship thing. Right? And I was like, these guys are acting like they're, they're getting along here. And that's because this is a subject that isn't uh, divided along party lines or religious lines. This is an earth situation. This is earthlings. This is about our planet. And that really made me feel pretty good that the concern came from both sides of the aisle and they want to get to the answers. One last thing before I go. Burchett at a post-conference when he turned to the cameras and said, this is a cover-up by our government, and the people need to get the answers. The cover-up needs to end now. And think about that. He just said this was a government cover-up. 
and we had to get to the truth. That's what the hearing brought us last week. And I'm very happy and very proud. So, hey, Dave, thank you for bringing me on tonight. Uh, You guys are the absolute very best. Danny, uh, Science Bob, stay crazy, my friend. And, right. and Dave, get a haircut, okay? You, hey, I, I can only look half as beautiful as your hair today, man. Sorry. I apologize. But we'll talk soon, my friend. You guys behave. All right. Jimmy Church from Fade to Black, everybody. Thank you so much. Let's talk a little bit about what Jimmy stated here, uh, Danny, as, as we continue on here on Spaced Out Radio's Roundtable tonight. Danny, you know, the, the hearing saw a lot of passion. You know, if you look at Representative Gallagher, he went right at him about the Wilson documents, about what happened at Malmstrom, and the panel of Bray and Moultrie really didn't seem to know how to handle those situations. Now, I've later heard Lou and others state, look, they're brand new to this portfolio. we got to give them a chance to get up to snuff and up to speed with everything. But in that situation, should they have not been more prepared they did horribly. Uh, the nice guy in me says maybe we should cut them some slack, but no, we're not going to. And if you listen to um, anyone who's listening to Coast to Coast last weekend with George Knapp, I was on with some of my friends like UFO Joe and uh, Brian Robbins and then Jeremy Corbell stopped by. We all have been kicking around a lot of these ideas. Um, you know, why didn't the why didn't why did they show the green video? They didn't show the radar. They didn't show the deck footage and they didn't uh, show the thermal footage. We've been kicking this around for a while. And it doesn't matter if it's birds or UFOs or what's going on, but we need to know who's controlling these things, right? I mean, what is it? A, is it another government that's controlling them or what? Or do they know the answer to that? If you ask them, they're, they're going to say, no, they don't know the answer. And, uh, and as far as Jimmy bringing up the list of people he wants to see, there's people I want to see too. Uh, my friend group also talks about this a lot. You know, we want to see Lou Elizondo, of course, Lukatsky. What about Dave Fravor, Underwood, um, Comb Kelleher? Um, I want to see uh, Jay Stratton, you know, the who we haven't heard from at, at all. Um, he uh, was the previous director of the task force. He was one of the good guys. That And the story goes he allegedly got canned. They brought in someone else to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Um, and I'd like to see George Knapp as well and a host of others, Chris Mellon. Um, and there's another thing that we've been kicking around also. Um, you know, Jeremy has a lot of firepower. Uh, he's talked about it. He's talked about having a witness that saw these um, drones or UAPs, whatever you want to call them, shoot off into space. So, and there's a lot of talk about amnesty and immunity. So if they, these sources get amnesty and immunity, they bring them into the hearings, it's possibly game over. Jeremy's probably going to release all this other stash of videos he has. Well, I mean, something has to give. Something has to happen as we move the ball forward. And I'm like you. I would love to see Elizondo testify. I'd love to see Mellon. I would love to see Lukatsky and maybe even Rodriguez. I'd like to see Robert Bigelow brought in, you know, for all all his work and everything that he's done. Uh, Bob, give us some names that you would like to see moving forward in in the hearings. Who would you like to see testifying? Oh, so, um, look, there were two great authors uh, to witness to Roswell. And those two authors did a fantastic job of documenting dates, times, places, people on the record about what happened in Roswell. And the principal reason 
for bringing them forward uh, is we got to puncture a hole in this crap that UFOs began in 2004 because that seems to be the plan. Let nothing happen before 2004, and it's what Danny's saying because they hadn't figured out yet how to do amnesty for all the crap that went on in the 1940s and 50s. And there were multiple witnesses that are still alive to the flyover of the Washington, D.C. area, including the Capitol building, in 1952. So there are lots of those kinds of witnesses. I'm sure they're being told this. But again, I changed my opinion of the hearing. Everything that Jimmy outlined is true. All of these major things are now part of the federal record. It's another hurricane season, and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. And the other thing is, this is go, this ripples in the pond are going to bring out other witnesses who are willing to testify. And the other thing we want to be reminded of is... Uh, Bob and just Burchett, who is not on that committee, it was a bunch of people who were on the committee complaining about they didn't get what they were after. And they will roast some fires and take some chestnuts and roast them and bring them in and ask the right questions. So the, these, these Congress critters and the senators are going to get input for what questions should be asked and who to ask them from. And again, I'm, I'm with Danny and Jimmy and you and others, uh, but I feel sorry for those two guys that had to come forward. They were let go in front of Congress ill-prepared, and there had to have been plenty of people inside the Pentagon that could have prepared them and just didn't. Do you think that this was done on purpose by yes. the advisors of the Pentagon to make them look stupid like that? No, I think the it's a delaying action. It's a delay, so if they don't know anything, uh, they can't say anything. They can't lie. Then then things are stalled. And it's it's really I, I keep going back. It's the period before two thousand and four that has the Air Force and others deeply afraid. And I think we just got to figure out how to puncture that veil. And get a few facts on the record, and then it'll everything will break open. Danny Silva, we bring you in here in regards to it. I mean, Representative Gallagher really caused a stir during the U- U.S. Uh, congressional hearings. He went after the Wilson documents. He went after the UAP versus nuclear weapons at Malmstrom. He went after a number of things, and he wasn't done. And he went on a podcast, the Pat McAfee podcast show, and then he starts talking about how we don't know where this is from. We don't know if it's time travelers. We don't know if it's extraterrestrial. First time I've heard a politician use the word 
ultra-terrestrial. I mean, he is all in, balls out on this subject, trying to get the truth as to what's going on. What was your opinion of, of Gallagher there? I thought he was the strongest one. Oh, it was amazing. I, I never thought in a million years I'd hear the Wilson Davis notes get brought up. It was one of the top comments ever, I think, in ufology. One of my personal favorites. It was just the greatest thing. I I don't know. It was surreal. It was really surreal. And it was such a dichotomy between the witnesses speaking, basically, to me, lying, or, I know, you know, at best, trying to confuse things. Like I said, why were they – they only showed the green video. Why were they only doing that and not showing the rest of the stuff? And they're denying everything else. Um there's been other stories, you know, uh, Robert Salas has uh, came out and said that he's told them about this kind of thing, and then they're denying it, that they don't know it. They're talking about there's no other programs, um, or and they're, they're using key code words and keywords maybe to skate around this stuff. But I think the big thing, one of the bigger things here is, like I was saying with the uh, amnesty and the immunity of these witnesses, what do you guys think would happen um, if they just bring everyone in Jeremy comes in, releases his videos. There's other sources coming in. I mean, do you guys think it's game over? What's going on at this point? Bob, I'll let you take that one. So if they if they brought those people in and under oath they are required to reveal who their sources are, then it's game over. Because they will call the sources, they will put them under subpoena, and they will testify or be in contempt of Congress. And they will relieve them of the orders they have been given by their chain of command because Congress is the people's representative and the armed forces work for the people, not for, not for the generals. So I believe that that can be done. If they had the courage to bring those people forward, Knapp, uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, others, that had real details, they could break open a ton of doors. And I just think that there's some kind of engineered soft landing occurring right in front of our face. Well, I'm very interested to see where it goes because, I mean, let's face it, the Wilson documents are, they're a sore point for me personally on this show and many people know why I've kept it kind of behind the scenes but on this show we haven't paid much attention to them because of the way they were leaked out and nonetheless well I'll say it I'll say it out loud Dave had it first and he got got clipped okay that's uh pretty much true 100 (laughs) percent but Nonetheless, wait, wait, wait! You had the Wilson documents first. Oh, way ahead, way ahead. I did not have them personally. The story was told to our audience that they, I knew about them. They were going to break on this show, and then a certain person uh, ran to Richard Dolan with the documents, and then jumped on a bunch of different podcasts within days of of this happening. And when I called them out on it, I was told that, uh, well, I can still come on your show and talk about it. I said, no, you screwed our audience and you screwed this show. So we're not interested. I, I know who gave them to Dolan. We had him for like a year before that, though. And we just didn't want to burn uh, Dr. Davis and these guys. Yeah. But um, that was our personal choice. I don't know. It goes it goes way back. Uh, that was under the bridge kind of thing. And, and so so D- Dolan had part of them. And. You know, I know and others who are insiders with Dolan where he got them, but he did not have all of them until late. Dave had all of them before Richard Dolan did. 
Yeah, so did we. One of my friends uh, gave one to Dolan. But um, I think the bottom line with the Wilson Davis stuff is, you know, I doubt a lot of the things that uh, the program manager supposedly told uh, Wilson. You know, I don't know if any of that – or some of it, it sounds true. Other parts are kind of hard to believe. But uh, I think the bottom line here is everyone across the board is saying that there is tech in uh, private industry, you know, Lockheed and other uh, companies like this, and that a lot of big honchos in the government, they don't have access to it. So to me, that's the bottom line of the Wilson Davis documents. That's why it's so important that it was brought up um, in the hearings. And then I think that's what I want to drive home to people. Um, They they can pick apart because, you know, in the notes, they said there's no abductions and things like that. That's, That's hard to grasp. But the bottom line is there's these IRADs and these USAPs and all this other stuff. They're in private industry. Um, I was just tweeting about it the other day. We've been talking about it for years. Harry Reid has talked about Lockheed Martin. You know, it was in close encounter. Out loud. He spoke that Lockheed name out loud right before yeah. he died. And they had the Lockheed crates and close, uh, close encounters with the third kind. That was 1977. So this is going back decades and decades that this has been out there. Um, and someone needs to do something about it because they're hiding this stuff, you know, from the public. Well, the one thing I wanted to get with the Wilson documents is, you know, I believe they're real. Bob, you believe they're real. Danny, you believe they're real. We know that many others like Joe Mergia have been pushing this forever, you know, and and he strongly believes due to his conversations with Eric Davis that they are real as well. You know, but the idea that they are technically unconfirmed that Gallagher getting them put into the congressional hearings as evidence without them being confirmed yet, I think it's fantastic. I really do think it was fantastic. It was ballsy. It was entertaining. And then we have, I believe, Admiral Wilson coming back out and saying, as we got about two and a half minutes to go here before we go to break, coming out and saying his denials that it ever took place again. I think it's covering his own butt. But that's just me. How do you guys feel about Admiral Wilson's denial recently? Put him on. Put him under oath. I'm scared because you know I saw these witnesses, and Lou was talking about this to Ross Hol- Ross Colhart. Um, the witnesses in the hearings uh, a week or two ago, they really were backing themselves into a corner, like for legal action, because they were really denying a lot of stuff. I don't know how they were able to do that and and get away with it. And now Wilson is doubling down. I'm worried he's going to come on the stand and lie. So, um, you know, I used to think it was like a big deal if you lied during these hearings. Now, um, after seeing these UAP task force guys, uh, you know, I'm not so sure they're worried about it, but I hope they are. And um, Lou was pretty ecstatic that they had brought up the Wilson Davis documents. It kind of, you know, if you read between the lines, he's never technically commented on it, but he looked pretty happy about it when he was talking to Ross Colhart. So I think, uh, we can kind of, you know, understand what he thinks about that kind of thing. But the the private industry having this stuff um, is probably one of the biggest stories and the biggest leads in general. And that's really what the uh, that's the biggest egg to crack. One of them, I think, not only the government programs, but the private industry programs that are actually also partially partially funded uh, by the government. And it's not just one um a uh, huge company like Lockheed, it's multiple companies. It's been going on for decades and decades, and the public needs to know about it. Right. Yeah, the way the way the way these saps work is they divide things into tiny little blocks, and they're going to put the tiny the tiniest possible functional block in different companies. 
that keeps them separated. So no one has all the pieces. No, very true. Very true. And and one of the things is we got about 30 seconds to go. We'll take this on the on the roundabout here is does immunity for somebody like Admiral Wilson, who's obviously trying to protect his own ass on this, would immunity be enough to allow him to come out and say, yes, what we discussed with Eric Davis is real? Would that be enough? I think the guy, I think the guy is worried about his positions on a bunch of board of directors and the companies he's advising. So I, I think I think the guy I think the guy is caught between a rock and a hard place. He has some serious conflicts of interest. He got if the if the do- documents are right, he was threatened. Right on. Danny Silva, Science Bob McGuire. We're going to bring in the fedora wearing John Hudson and I'm going to see who else may come on. As we continue on with Spaced Out Radio tonight and the SOR Roundtable, we'll be back right after this. I'll be right back. Yeah. Bob, you got the show. You can take the questions. I'll be right back, Bob. All right, man. Boy, it took chat 30-something seconds to catch up. I couldn't read any of it, so much of it was flying by. Hey, Lazarus Project. Oh, I'd, Raz, I'd love to see the Air Force get in there and be, be, put, under, put, be put under oath. Well, Carl, it's kind of hard to know what the deal is with the Space Command. I mean, I don't know the real reason behind Trump's uh, formation of the Space Command, except a lot of our adversaries are trying to take our space-borne assets off. So it the space is now a war-fighting domain because our adversaries are trying to take out our spacecraft, which are vital to our operations. Hey, World Bigfoot Radio. Listen to Julie Farrell. Go to spacedoutradio.com for all your SOR needs. <laughs> hey, Danny, you're sneaking into the chat room. <laughs> of course there's evidence of Space Command. I can take you to where their offices are in Huntsville. I am not the new Lou. I am not. I know because I do not have any of his experience or knowledge uh, that he got from being deep on the inside. He was in the office that managed the USAPs. Doug Shelby, I'm going to tell you straight up. The only thing people in the intelligence community and the Department of Defense can do until and unless whatever is operating the craft identifies themselves and says what they are about is treat them as a threat, a potential threat, because that is their job. It is their mandate. 
Yeah, I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. Dave will have to throw me off of here, which he usually does. I got a little better than cheap coffee, Irish Lake, and we used to have this multi-thousand-dollar Franke coffee grinder maker. It was pretty nice. How you doing, Fedora? Doing good, man. Right on. John. Evening. Good to be on. Nice to see you, Bob. See you, bud. I'm going to be right back. All right. Dave, you know what song keeps popping into my head now whenever I think about you? Oh, God. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Yeah, it's you know, all from, our fault. From South Park? It's all our fault. I don't know why, but like, now like that song starts playing in my head every time I see you. Dave, I got an Oilers jersey I must wear today. I know nothing about hockey, though. You should be wearing that, brother. You totally should. I got should. an Oilers jersey. I was going to wear it just for you. Brother, you are on fire yeah. tonight. You're on fire. That... You know, honestly, thanks for bringing some serious game tonight. Thank you. Agreed. Joe, if you ever want to experience hockey, try to see, like, a Bruins game. Or, like, there's a couple cities where, like, even when they suck, the fans are ballistic. And it's it's actually a lot of fun. Montreal. Crazy. Canadians don't play hockey. Not for Canada, anyway. They play for us. Not anymore. Hockey isn't what it used to be. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, sorry. Check this out, Dave. I got this just for you. Oh, that's Actually, beautiful. I've had this in 20 years. That's beautiful. That's, you, that's nice. You know what? Yeah, the, Danny, Danny definitely spends more time involved and interacting and intertwined amongst people that we talk about on this show than the rest of us do. I know. Danny. He just does. Danny. You know, I'm not writing as much. If I had all these days, I'm mostly just commenting and being a jerk on social media. So I've kind of transitioned a little bit, but, uh, you know. You're still interacting. Thank you. I've gone back yeah. to some high-quality trolling there, my friend. Uh, no by, kidding. By the way, the five bolts on that jersey – are the five Stanley Cups that the Oilers won when they introduced? Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, when they introduced... this is like an alternate, right? This is an alternate I jersey. Love I love that. Yeah, that was an alternate third jersey. Todd McFarlane invented that. Yeah. Yeah. I just like how it looked. To be honest with you, I know nothing about them. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, boys, we've got about 30 seconds. I want to say thank you to Sally, Thomas, Walker, Bob, Carl, Ken, Jeremy, Jeffrey, Steve, Phil, Doug, and Walker for the amazing Super Chats tonight. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Thank you to all the veterans who have tuned on in for tonight's show. You always have a safe home here in our chat room as we are here seven days a week. And, hey, if you like our show that much, we got a great store at spacedoutradio.com where you can get some SOR swag. And don't forget the weekend shows coming on up. And, Christina, thank you so much for that super chat. Very much appreciate you. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. 
My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears on this beautiful night and on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Kissel. Kissel is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the SOR Roundtable tonight. Danny Silva from the Silver Record. Science Bob McGuire is here from our unbiased UFO report and after hours. John Hudson has joined us. And drawing away his beautiful cartoons is Dirty Filth, our resident artist hanging on out with us. Gentlemen, let's start off with a question from Jeremy Corbell, who's tuning on in. Perfect. Jeremy's beard is on par these days, if you see him on camera. Yeah. Yeah, very solid beard combination going on there he's asking what kind of evidence do you think would permanently tip the scale on the uap topic bob let's start with you i want to see a craft that cannot have been manufactured anywhere on the planet earth if we got that who could deny anything is it just about a craft no no it's not the only thing but that would do it i mean yeah he jeremy correctly this is a great question we could, we could go round and round for a while. We, we could go from something as major as a craft to what is the least significant thing that we could show that would tip the scale forever. I think that Jeremy has a perfect question to run a half an hour. Danny, what do you think? Obviously a craft if we have one. I, I, think we, I think we at least have large pieces. If we have a whole craft, that would be amazing as well. I think we may be getting closer and closer to – what everyone wants to see, which is a clear video and up close video. And, you know, we may be there if we get some of this amnesty and immunity um, for people like Jeremy and his sources. Um, Other people with a lot of sources, you know, if Luke gets into this hearing, it's going to be trouble. Um, Also, even with Wilson and Wilson, uh, when Wilson comes in or Davis, you know, um, I didn't know this, but apparently there's three answers they could give when they get asked a question. At the hearing, they can say yes, no, or they could say, I can't comment on this on the open hearing, ask me in the closed hearing. So um, I don't know. I think we're getting closer and closer to this. Um, and if there's the immunity and the amnesty and the right people in the hearings, uh, it could be a lot of trouble for the people that don't want the secrets out. All right. You could, you, you could ask Jeremy Corbell to come to Congress, and they could put him under oath and say, who are your sources and what have they told you? Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Learn the ins and outs, do's, don'ts, rules, and tools of the financial world. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app or wherever you get your podcast. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency.
Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with Gregory Ricks. Something that's come up on the show over the last 10 years is that if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? It's a funny thing. We put a few hundred bucks in our 401k every month. It ends up to be thousands of dollars every year, hundreds of thousands of dollars over our career. And you don't really know that much about it. How do you invest it? How do you diversify? What do you buy? What do you avoid? You've got a financial situation and you're not quite sure what to do. Ask Gregory. Ask Gregory is our new podcast with these financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning It Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. That would be enough evidence to tip a lot of scales. Exactly. Jeremy Corbell could do it. John, I agree with you. John Hudson, what do you think is needed to permanently tip the scale on the UAP topic? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still like like uneasy over what Bob just said because uh, I've never thought of doing it in that direction. And it just took something that I always thought was beautiful and turned it into something actually a little bit scary because I don't know what that would do to a lot of the reporters and, and, and journalists in America if, they, if that was this, the case. It's certainly an interesting solution. But essentially, for me, it, it all comes down to um, essentially a SINAC, right? That, that's what it has to be. It has to be something that I can send that, that it has to, that something responds with, right? So whether that is an intelligent being where I can, I can send some data and get some data back, or whether that is a, an operating device where I can send, even if it's a non-operating but semi-operating, like even if it was an operating device, I might be able to get enough from it to determine, right? But it has to be something where I can initiate a communication call and I can get a intelligible or at least a seemingly intelligible response. And to me, that becomes the minimum characteristic for everyone. So all the videos are beautiful. They help move the conversation. They help move legislation. They help move minds, hearts, and dreams. And they do a lot of good for the people who are reporting it because they feel supported. So there's a lot of value to it. But fundamentally, it comes down to that, that, that handshake, that synac. I want to see, personally, a clear video like you said, Danny. That's what, that's what I want to see. I want to see something that isn't grainy. I want something that is captured, that is up close personal maybe one of those tic tacs that flew right in between the two fa-18 hornets on the east coast that we heard that report about but if we can't get that just yet i think the tip of the scale like yj overlander in our chat room has said an alien i want to see an alien because if we have a craft there's going to be a lot of people out there that'll say okay that that's human manufactured, that's Lockheed Martin, that's Boeing, that's Raytheon. There's going to be some sort of excuse that goes along with that. But if, if we bring out an actual alien, I think it's over. I don't think that'll happen. I think that's still years upon years upon decades down the road. But for right now, that that's my personal opinion. But how we can also break this open is if the mainstream media actually got into real investigative journalism again, like George Knapp, we could actually see some hard questions being answered, which would put actual pressure on the government to ask those questions, ask those tough questions. We're not going to hear the word swamp gas again, 
Okay, the media needs to dig in a little bit deeper. And when the word Roswell is brought up, for instance, we need to be asking, what happened there? Why did you send an entire platoon for a weather balloon? Or an 18-wheeler or an on 18, a tarp. For it, exactly. So that is kind of where I'm getting that idea from on it. And, you know, let's go back to the U.S. congressional hearings here for a few minutes, guys, because Tim Burchett was very outspoken, the congressman from Arkansas, about this. He was Tennessee. not, he was, or Tennessee, pardon me, thank you. He was not on the committee, but he was fired up, Danny, regarding this. He, he said, we need to know from Roswell, not the Nimitz incident. We, know, we need to know from Roswell on up, release everything. Let us know, let us as citizens make that determination and that decision on whether or not we want to believe this subject. I mean, look, whether you agree or disagree with his politics, we're talking UFOs, UAP, and potential extraterrestrial life here, gentlemen. And I'm curious, how did you feel about Tim Burchett being so loud about this subject, Daddy? It's definitely not hurting. It's helping a lot. It's great. Um, also, uh, I have some mixed feelings about him, um, not only be- because of his politics and things like that, but he said himself he's kind of the least important, uh, one of the least important politicians. I think he's kind of the weird guy in the corner. Um, so I think it was more important to have Gallagher uh, say some of that rather than Burchett. Um, I just I don't know how influential he is. I don't know if he's going to be reelected and things like that. And that's from what he says about himself. Um, that's not me saying it. I'm no political analyst, but I would just kind of, it was, it's great. What he's saying is great about the UFO topic. Um, I wish he would stick to UFOs more. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I'm just really happy with what he's doing and what he's saying. Um, I don't know if people are listening to him. I don't know if they care. I think they are automatically think he's going to say some wild stuff. Gallagher on the other hand, and these other guys, um, I was very impressed with, extremely impressed with, they couldn't have done a better job. Um, Gallagher just Gallagher just obviously killed it, amazingly killed it. And now we got another question from Jeremy up here. Yeah. A good one, uh, Jeremy Corbell. Again, if you saw a clear video of a UAP, what if it didn't look like what you expected? John, oh. let's start with you on that one. Well, I would actually hope that it wouldn't look like what I expected. I mean, that's kind of why I take issue with something you said earlier, Dave, about it being a ship being unidentifiable as non-Earth-based um, because that assumes small gaps in technology and similar trajectories of that growth, which are not terribly likely. So the truth of the matter is, is that I would want to see something fundamentally different, something really, really, really different. Um, and, and that's what makes it even more challenging is because there's no analogy then for people to look at it and go, oh, well, it, it looks like this, therefore it's real. And that's why I think video is always going to be challenging because it's, it's, it's you know, it, it, the real stuff probably is not going to look like anything you've seen before. Bob, your call. Okay, so if you saw a clear video and it was in the context of the congressional hearings and so forth, uh, they can subpoena or call in subject matter experts who work for the military and the intelligence community who could say, what, 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 what's the deal with this UAP? Why are you even showing it to us? But it's got to be a clear video of a UAP that subject matter experts can say 
man, this did not come from Earth, and give actual reasons. So if there's some subject matter expert reasoning that the UAP is weird, then it would be really interesting. Danny? And, and I believe, oh. well, just real quick, I, just, I believe Elizondo said that the video that was out there that he thought was a real UAP actually had, had scenes that were so close up you could actually see infrastructure. Yeah, uh, in in the bottom of the craft, that is the kind of detail that that would make a huge difference. Very true. Danny. We have to be able to yeah, we have to be able to prove that it's not CGI, right? Every yep. video that comes out automatically, it's going to be debunked the very first half hour it's out. So we need data along with it. That was why it was so important. I think when uh, Jeremy releases radar and uh, thermal and things like that and other cooperative evidence. That's what we need with these things. We need to be able to prove it. It almost doesn't matter what it looks like. The, the look is kind of for the public, and that, that'll be a great tool for us when we have that something that looks amazing for the public and for us. But really, we need to be able to prove it without a shadow of a doubt that it's not CGI. And I think um, that's where the big challenge is, and that's where the multiple videos and the data and the radar and things like that and the subject matter experts, uh, the SMEs like Bob was saying, um, come into effect. Um, and it just has to be able to be proven without a shadow of a doubt. That's what we're fighting against. Let's be honest. The Tic Tac video was a smoking gun. It should have been game over, but it wasn't. And we just need more and more smoking guns to hit people over the head with. And we need better every time. And it needs to get better every single time. Um, it's amazingly challenging. I think these videos and this data and this radar does exist that are provable. I think it can happen. I think we're closer to it than ever. I think we're hearing hints about that. Um, if we get some of this amnesty and immunity, I think it could actually happen. Um, otherwise, it's going to be an amazing leak that we can't necessarily prove, which will still be cool, but it won't be game over. But I don't know. It's going to take a lot to convince the public. Before I get to G West's uh, question here, I want to just bring up one other point, gentlemen. These congressional hearings hit the ballpark right around the world. Every country was following this. Every country's media broadcasts on this we now have news coming out of canada australia the united kingdom south america china japan coming out about what they are discussing up here in canada all of a sudden out of nowhere we have three members of parliament uh, bipartisan once again looking into UAP, saying, hey, we need to start taking this seriously. Maybe we should be building our own UAP desk. I mean, this is the impact this story is having around the world. And, you know, hey, I, I'm all for it. I would love to see more coming out of Canada, out of, out of other countries as well. Because, like everybody forgets, and we keep reminding them, this is a topic that is going to affect Every one of the 7.8 billion plus people on this planet. There is no holding back on that. So the impact, Bob, that this has had on Canada, UK, Europe, Australia, South America, it's been huge. It's, it's, been, it's been big because they feel released. They finally don't feel like Big Brother is telling them to be quiet. That's number one. Number two, stuff started coming out. So I now can roughly estimate that sponsored by governments and corporations around the world, there are 600 or so serious scientists and engineers 
working on one single topic, anti-gravity. All over the world, real, funded work. And uh, that was shocking to me when I began to get the evidence. So I think all of this is having a big impact. Danny, what's your thoughts? I mean, when when all of a sudden you see governments like Canada, for instance, and political figures all of a sudden coming out talking about, we need to be getting into this more. And there was also a story, and not only Canada, there's also the story about NASA today. Now, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, Um, we'll get into that one. Let's get into that one a little bit later, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, and and you can talk about any of these entities. They're almost getting the green light. I mean, they're lying. They've been doing it this whole time. But now it's like okay for them to say, oh, we're about to start doing it. Um, And that's cool. I'm glad that at least they're talking about it now. I mean, we know they're lying, and Canada and all these other countries, NASA, everyone's been doing it this whole time. But uh, at least now they're admitting it and they're talking about it. So it's like we're seeing this green light happen in real time in 2022. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's great. It's progress. Um, I just, I'm, I'm really happy about it. Now, um, there's a, there is another thing I want to bring up real quick about uh, what's been going on, too. I think there's still this tug of war and struggle with people that don't want this out. Oh, um, yeah. One of the things about that, uh, Jay Stratton, you know, the story goes that he was kicking butt uh, as the task force director. He was doing a lot of amazing things, and then they transferred him out and brought in someone else that wasn't going to ask questions and do as good of a job. Um, and I think, you know, if that's not part of the IG investigation, it needs to be. There needs to be an investigation into that. Um, why are they trying to shoot some of this stuff in the foot? So I'm still worried about some of that um, going on. And with the witnesses at the previous hearing, it was like they brought in these guys and they're just trying to shoot everything in the foot. But the, uh, the representatives weren't uh, going for it. So there does seem to be a lot of pushback still, and it's uh, it's concerning. What about somebody like Susan Go? I mean, the way she has, you know, played the whole Elizondo card, the the whole UAP card. You know, could could somebody like her get in trouble for trying to block this topic publicly, Bob? Well, that's on the the, the IG investigation is looking into everything that happened to Elizondo. Uh, out of the senior offices in the Pentagon. So if she did something bad, uh, then it, the IG will out it. And so my, my, my personal feelings are she is too far down the ladder in the offices she works in to be anything more than a mouthpiece, and so she wouldn't personally be in trouble. How, about, how do you feel about that, John? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, um, uh, I mean, it, it depends at certain levels, but but fundamentally, there has to be at some level um, a, a, a certain amount of of, um, of amnesty for a spokesperson, right? Because I mean, they're not they're not they don't they don't control what they say, you know. Um, they might be able to control their um, their tone or or certain things, but they're not, you know, they don't they don't have any drive. So I don't really now. I will say that I've seen some. Um, I've seen some data that, that might suggest that there were overt actions that she took um, above and beyond um, the spokesperson stuff. And if that's true, then she could get in trouble for some of that. But I don't, I mean, I would be surprised if it's anything major. Because, I mean, the thing is, ultimately, we're not, like, there, there's no point in, um, there's no point in, like, punishing people, right? Like, I mean, we, we want the data. We want the information. Right. We, that's what we actually want. So, you know, we want to be careful. We don't, you know, end up, um, you know, um, you know, 
scaring away a lot of good data by by coming down too hard on people. All right. Let's get to G West question here. So we got about four minutes to go here on the roundtable before we have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. And this is, do you think some senators like Gillibrand Rubio are in the background advising Lou Elizondo when he should release his book? Will his book be the smoking gun for him to get called in to testify? Danny, great question here. I'm hoping he's going to be testifying like in the next week or two. So I hope that doesn't have anything to do with the book. We're kind of in speculation territory about who's advising who. You know, it seems like Lou Mellon, a bunch of other people that are unnamed, maybe Jay Stratton, who knows who else, are advising the politicians because all of a sudden they jumped on this and they're using some of the same words and terms that we're hearing Lou and Mellon and the UFO community use and all of a sudden politicians are using it. It's extremely surreal. It's it's insane, really. Um, I can't believe how... Um, well, they've been able to get the ear of these politicians. Um, that's a whole story in itself, I think, about how we got the Gillibrand Amendment basically saying the same things that Mellon was asking for. Um, I'm still waiting to see how it plays out, but we could see that wording and that effectiveness uh, of the lobbying or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I don't know if they're influencing loot also. You know, uh, I'm sure there's some give and take here, but... Um, Whatever's going be up, going on behind the scenes, it's working. Uh, that's why I say what Lou's done for all these past years, it's worked. Um, look at where we are now. Um, I think that we're, we're probably in the no turning back uh, area of this now. Um, I just don't, you know, we're also going up against the military industrial complex. It's a scary thing. Uh, I don't, I'm not so sure that they want this thing out. Um, I, I know it's not a, a monolith and it's different people, but, uh, there's still going to be a lot of fight, and we saw that in the hearing, you know, a week or two ago. And uh, so I don't know what's going to go on, but Lou, whatever Lou, Lou is doing behind the scenes, whatever Mellon's doing behind the scenes, it's definitely working. Science Bob, let's get your opinion on that same question. They could bring, they, they could bring in Lou and Mellon, place them under oath, and grant them immunity for on prosecution based on anything they say in those committees, including – violating their NDAs, and they are absolved. Mm-hmm. And then it's game over, right? I mean, basically. Game over. We hope so. They know where the bodies are buried, quote-unquote. Uh, no pun intended, but maybe maybe that pun works. And so they can, say, they can say, to the best of my knowledge, the following things are true, and here's the people you can talk to. By God, game would be over. And, and just so, I see a lot of people commenting about this. This doesn't give them amnesty from crimes they've committed, right? No, I mean, no. If, they, if they've committed a murder or if they've done, anyway, no, those no, are the no, things that they, they, there's no protection for that at all. For the committee, for the committee testimony. But, but there is the SAP guys, and we are talking about giving them immunity and amnesty for previous actions as well, because some of these guys, you know, were possibly breaking the law just by running these programs and operating them. And I'm not an expert on this, but this is what, the sentiment has been over the years that some of these uh, rogue programs were were kind of uh, quasi-illegal at times. So, they, yeah, the amnesty and the immunity would be for them so they could come out and talk. We want to be able to hear from them and hear what they have and see what they got without them having to be worried about uh, going to prison um, or else they're never going to come out and talk. No, it's well, well, I, just, I, think, I think the waived, unacknowledged special access programs are a valuable tool 
And so part of the Air Force and other parts of the Pentagon, the intelligence community, don't want to lose that tool by realizing that the thing that's being waived is a lot of oversight. So lots of crap goes on without a lot of oversight. And if they lose that tool, it will be a big blow. And I think that's part of the reason they don't want to be talking about those things and these committees, because when you get done, you're not supposed to even say who sponsored it or who existed. Gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We're going to go to break here on the radio side on Spaced Out Radio. Danny Silva from the Silver Record, Science Bob McGuire, Dirty Filth with his art, and from the After Hours and Unbiased UFO Report, John Hudson. We continue with the roundtable when we return on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear. We got five minutes. I'm going to go refill my water here. But just to our audience, uh, we got over 300 people watching live right now, which is absolutely amazing. We are a live radio show, and I just want to let you know that we do have to take commercial breaks because of the radio side and time everything out. So if you don't mind, that's just the way we do things. We're a little bit different. But you guys uh, who are watching get to see the entire behind the scenes of what we're talking about here that the radio side doesn't. So this is where you are uh, uh, getting to hear all of this. So uh, Raz, we're going to get your question when we come back from break. I'm behind in the chat room by about uh, 12 minutes. So we'll catch right up here in the next half hour. I'll be right back. I'm just going to go refill my glass, guys. Bob, you might be able to, to offer a different perspective, but, but my understanding is that when you're involved in any of these programs, there is always a lawyer. Um, a, they are required. They are one of the required officers in every one of these programs is a lawyer. They are so, specified in the regulations. Thank you. So, so that's why I wasn't sure if it was specified or if it was just if specified. Cultural, but, oh, but, wow. and, and so what that means is you're not just talking about people who on their own decided it was legal for me to do this. They actually had their assigned legal representative telling them that it was legal to do it. Yep. To then go after them for that, that's a whole, that's, that's not right. Well, so, and, and the lawyers don't want, to, don't want to do the wrong thing, though, because they don't want to be disbarred. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. No, and then that's the other thing is that, is that, you know, there's all these existing systems, right? The systems that allow for things to get into Congress, systems that list for uh, disclosure of their, of their conspiracy to happen. And, and, and we're bumping into those systems, and depending on what condition we're in when we're into them, is kind of like how well... Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Learn the ins and outs, do's, don'ts, rules, and tools of the financial world. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app or wherever you get your podcast. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or or any government agency. It's another hurricane season, and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. 
those systems end up running for us, you know, and like, so now we've got this whole congressional thing running and hopefully it turns out well, but it is a system that runs anyway. You know, it's not, it's not like it was built for us, right? We're just, you know, hopping into it for a time period. Oh, I'm Here's a comment from uh, a guy in the chat. There's all these parallel systems that have been set up to handle that stuff. The, the parallel systems are set up there to foil the kind of oversight you're talking about. Sorry, Danny, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just jumping in. Uh, so Joe says, as Gary Nolan said, the immunity is limited if crimes are committed and it's more than just keeping it secret illegally, then they won't just be forgiven because uh, John brought up murders. Of course, we don't want anyone to be getting away with something like that. But um, at the same time, a, it's out. There was even a law passed a while ago that you can, you cannot classify something for the purposes of um, like personal embarrassment. I forget okay. exactly how it's worded. But it's 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 along it's along those lines. It's it's. it's but, 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 but you have to have a credible witness come forward and say, "I have evidence that this is illegally classified." To have a classification authority unclassify declassify it. So, in other words, there's a process that has to be followed, but it requires someone with access to come forward and say this was illegally classified and do it. So you can come in from the outside, but you still have somebody from the inside be willing to talk about it. It's painful. It's well, just and, painful. And, and what you said about earlier about the fact they're just worried about certain things being exposed, that's one of the things they talked about in the Wilson notes was that there was a previous time where an audit was being done and they bumbled into a bunch of stuff and a bunch of stuff almost got exposed. And that's what created a lot of their paranoia, right? That's what dug them in. So of course they're worried about that sort of thing. That makes perfect sense, right? Cause, cause even, even if let, let's just, let's just throw numbers out. Let's say, let's say 20% of what they do is UFO based and 80% isn't right. That 80% is, is critical, right? You cannot sacrifice that, right? So it, it's a challenge. And I don't think any of us want to take away the secret programs. We know the government needs them, you know, to yeah. hide things from other countries and stuff like that. But we, do, we still want the bottom line truth. We're not saying tear down America. And not that you were saying this, John. But uh, we're not saying, you know, tear down the system, tear down America. Right. But we need the truth and the, and the public deserves it. And, and everything, if they're covering up, you know, nature, which is basically if non-human intelligence or a breakaway society, you know, time travelers, whatever you want to call it. Really, that's part of nature. It's part of the world, and it shouldn't be classified. So we need to know the bottom line about this kind of stuff. They can keep the secret programs. We know they need them. Of course, there has to be secrecy in the government um, to keep it running. Uh, but I, th I think for the kind of immunity and uh, freedom to talk kind of stuff that John and you and I and Dave are talking about is there would actually have to be an act of Congress passed and signed by the President of the United States to make it happen. Yeah, and everything needs to be kind of uh, redone of how it's been operating, right? I mean, Ten totally seconds. redone. Ten yeah. seconds, guys. I'll get you to Let's hold go. On. Thank you for all the super chatters. You guys are absolutely amazing. And I'll continue rolling through the chat room here. Here we go. Past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. I am your host all the way up here in northern 
Canada, where the tundra is finally thawing. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the panel of the fedora-wearing John Hudson from After Hours on Spaced Out Weekends, and Danny Silva from The Silver Record, Science Bob McGuire, Dirty Filth is continuing with his awesome art in the background silently, and we continue with the roundtable. Question from Raz coming up here, gentlemen. UAP are real, step one. Success, it worked how? What is step two? Danny, let's start with you on that one. UAP are real, we know that. Um, the public, you know, hasn't necessarily accepted it. You ask the public, and they say, of course it's real, but at the same time, they're watching sports, and they don't really care. Um, in a lot of ways. Um, I think we still have a lot of work to do when it comes to the public. So uh, we got to kind of uh, uh, figure, we got to kind of define terms here about what we're talking about when we say uh, success at work. I mean, we, we know it's real. I think it's, it's coming to fruition, but we still have a lot of fighting to do. Um, and, uh, and, and the war isn't over. The game isn't over. Um, and no, I'm not telling people to uh, storm the government or anything like that. Anytime we say war, a bunch of these guys uh, on Twitter say we're trying to instigate violence or something. And of course that's not what we're talking about, but there is a, a thought war and a secrecy war going on behind the scenes. And it's obvious. Um, and Jeremy has another uh, question in the chat too. Hopefully we'll be able to get, yeah, to. we will definitely get to that as well. A little bit later, Bob step two. Oh, okay. So um, uh, people need to pick up the phone and call their Congress critter. Call her senator, call her congress critter, because that is who they listen to. They, they listen to the squeaky wheels, especially if you have donated money. If you're a donator and you talk to them, you're the squeaky wheel. They want to make you happy. The more of us that do that, the more we're going to get out of them. John, final say? Yeah, I you know I, I think the challenge is is I, I think that there's there's plans that were believed to be possible, and then there's a reality of the ground truth, and so I I think that there's still unfortunately I think there's still too many variables to really know like what is even possible in a stage two, because you know as people said um you know even if you consider stage one to be that 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 isn't necessarily universal so what sort of you know qualifiers do you use for it but essentially what what i would hope is that each stage would be a deeper dip for each group meaning that at each stage the group that had dipped deeper last time would now be able to go deeper and then a new group that was not able to get into the pool would be able to join and so you have this kind of step function where you'll you'll see this kind of and so you know what you'll have is you'll have something that is is substantially more than what we have now, right? And and a problem with what we have now can be argued, right? But you know, if you consider what we have now to be, um, let's just throw one out there. Let's just say um, uh, video videoed proof that um, that there are uh, non-U.S. Uh, entities at play, right? Um, you know, you, you take something that simple, and and you know, and the thing is, is that depending on how you want to tear it and how you want to cut it. 
you know, what that step two turns out to be could be a lot more determined on exactly, you know, the Congress critter's behavior because Bob's dead on. That's essentially the, the carrot they follow. And so, you know, but it is, it is an election year, right? So, um, you know, we do have the advantage that, um, and this also should make you kind of um, take everything with a great assault with certain players, but, you know, really exuberant uh, Congress critters, uh, you know, tend to get votes. So, um, so this is a this is a good time to be talking to him. But exactly what that phase two is going to look like, my guess is is it's going to be, it's going to be it's going to be you know some some substantial something. Whether that is um, a a an identified uh, off-world part, whether that is a um, a more detailed video, whether you know and, and what you know, and honestly, it could be other things too. Because I think fundamentally, as long as you have like uh, essentially three pillars of support. That's what you want for for a data point, right? Like, so you want as long as you get like you know three three different sources of data, then you have something pretty solid. But what it's going to be, I think it's, it's I, I I don't see how you could predict it with any accuracy. All right, let's go to Vaughn's question here. Do any of you know if photos of UAP are doctored to make them blurry before they are released? I don't. I don't think that they're necessarily doctored. I think the some of the weaker ones are chosen to be shown. Um, we know there's better uh, examples. So, so I think I know what we do know is the really higher quality things that reveal our capabilities are not going to come out because we don't want to reveal our sources and methods to our adversaries. That's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing so much, uh, so many cell phone videos, right? Rather than actually taking. But then again, Jeremy had some uh, pretty uh, great videos come out too, and and uh, I think we're going to start seeing those as well. I don't know. It, it, we're really seeing a lot of hints now about better videos, um, and I just and Lou keeps dropping it. Jeremy's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. That's um, coming. Yeah, it really does feel like it. I hope so. We've been talking about it since 2017. At the yeah, same time, we've got a lot more videos now. This is last year. I just want to see the ones I saw. Let them come out, and we're done. Mm-hmm. And what, something that was brought up to me about some of these is uh, some of these law enforcement groups or intelligence groups, they're waiting for someone to leak them so they could throw the book at them. Um, not private citizens or journalists, but you know, someone that has that, uh, that NDA or has that clearance, they're waiting for them to leak it. And I think that's where the uh, amnesty and immunity comes in. Yep. We also need witnesses, of course, that were there. Yep. Well, I think there's plenty of witnesses Mm. out there. But, I mean, the military witnesses, that's what we're focusing on. That's what we should clarify. We need, yeah, when a a video comes out, we need everything. We need the witnesses for it and the data, the multiple angles, all that kind of thing. All right. Yep. You know what's kind of interesting, though, is real quick, is that you could almost argue that everything that's come out so far has been stuff that requires you to look at second and, and, and secondary and tertiary data points to support it. it. None of it's been stuff where the primary video has been just enough for it to do. It'd be interesting if, if someone was really, really, really manicuring this whole process and they wanted to actually tease people into doing their own research and actually getting their, their hands a little wet. Um, intentionally not releasing crystal clear videos and then releasing auxiliary data and forcing people to review it to support what they see would actually be a very interesting way into manipulating behavior out of people. 
It definitely would. Kim Jellin is asking, do you believe Canada didn't have a UAP or UFO desk before? No, Canada did not, as far as we know, have one the last number of years, literally since Wilbur Smith uh, retired from his position. And that was back in like the 70s. Canada has a number of areas that are looking into it. The Department of National Defense is looking into it. Uh, Transport Canada is looking into it. NAV Canada is looking into it, which would be the equivalent of your FAA down in the United States. So there is a bunch of different genres that are looking into it, but they don't officially have an actual UAP desk at this time. So we are uh, looking to see if that is something that will come out of it, uh, led by Conservative Member of Parliament Larry McGuire, who coincidentally will be on this show on June 1st. And this will be his first public interview, long-form interview, regarding the uh, UFOs over Canada, especially nuclear power facilities in Ottawa, which I have recently learned that I believe earlier this week he actually went and and toured some of these facilities that are out there. So it, it's pretty incredible to see what is happening here with this. So I'm very excited to see where it goes. I'm sure you guys are as well. Uh, John, I know you and I have talked quite a bit about this. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, man. It's it's. It's just so hard. I mean, the, the, the challenges right now is, is that, you know, we're all in this situation where, um, you know, we all have our own personal stories and, and we all have things that, that we want evidence for and that we want, you know, comfort and, and confidence that, you know, because, I mean, essentially, if you really look at, like, what's been going on, the U.S. government's been gaslighting us. Um, I mean, fundamentally, right? Um and um, and that messes with you, you know. It does, and it it se- makes you second guess everything, you know. And um, and you know, was that done on purpose? Yeah, who knows? But but the thing is, is that um, I think that I think that when it comes to other countries, I think that you know, I mean, with Canada, I mean, what, the problem is, is that with other countries, you had individuals like Wilbur, like Wilbur Smith, who we just got lucky, right? Like the right person got into the right position at the right place at the right time. And was able to do some good, and, and we're lucky that we're lucky that happened. Um, but it was, um, you know, it was a, it was very much a one-off thing. And and I think that you know, essentially over time, as you know, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like any kind of subsidiary system where essentially as as our as our you know, apparatuses get more complicated, um, it allows the freedom and the structure and the um, um, examples for other countries to then start copying that, and so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I don't know. It's, it's right now. It's just at this point in time. I think we're really at a point where a lot of different things could flip. I think and it, it could go in different directions. I think every ally of the United States will end up setting something up because I, I think they're going to have to. They, 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 they have to. They have to. They have to. And and the thing is, it's going to be like it's going to be. It, it's very much like what happened. With with Nick Pope, right? Whatever you want to say about Nick Pope, you know he got he he took it on, or at least thought he took it on because no one else he thought was doing it. So that's what what's, that's what would happen in a lot of these different governments. So you'd have these one or two people that were passionate about it, 
that would take it on as a side job, and hopefully maybe someday that would grow into one full-time job, and maybe that would eventually grow into two full-time jobs. And it's just very slow, you know, just edging through. But that's why things like this hearing is such a big deal, because I guarantee you there was a bunch of people that were getting turned down for real backing that were able to go back to those same people later this week and go, look, they're taking it seriously. Why aren't you? Very true. Yeah. Very true. Let's get to Jeremy Corbell's question. Each of you have been on the UFO beat in different ways for quite some time. What question haunts you and keeps you up at night about a UFO reality? I would like to start with this one, if you guys don't mind. Uh, my thing is, Jeremy, is the question that I think we all need to answer. And this goes back to the assemblance of the Two the Stars Academy. And that is, why now? Why out of all these, after all these years, all of these decades of cover-ups, of ruining people, of making fun of experiencers, of uh, the military denying everything that is going on, why is all of a sudden this topic the forefront of everything? Why did it have to come out? Why are they pushing it to come out? I have only personally been able to think of two credible, plausible ways. And maybe I'm being naive on this and, and forgetting some, and please forgive me if I am. But I think number one would be a false flag, alien event, which I don't believe. Or number two, I think that maybe the United States government, and I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here, I think the United States government was possibly contacted or picked up a signal from an alien species from wherever they are, and they gave a date as to when... This is going to take place when they are coming. Not if, but when. Those are the things that keep me up at night, is wondering the big why now question. Because to me, after all the research, all the videos, all of the evidence, the people who've come out speaking, the congressional hearings, Elizondo, whoever it may be, it doesn't make sense to me why all of a sudden this is coming out. It doesn't make sense. Bob, let's go with you. You put yourself on mute there, Bob. Marie, sorry. It's well known that I come from the intelligence community. And so my perspective, uh, given my lifelong context, is uh, I worry about national security. And lots of what we are seeing, and Jeremy Corbell's own personal work and evidence, shows that these things are operating in and around our assets, our military assets, our military installations, and so forth. You do not do that unless you are doing reconnaissance. You do not do reconnaissance unless you have a plan. So my thing that keeps me awake at night is this is like some entity that doesn't care thinks we can't do anything and is doing reconnaissance to figure out how to minimize the damage to all the resources they want. That keeps me awake at night. How about you, Danny? Um, you know, the reconnaissance thing is amazing. And I think that's probably uh, a lot something that a lot of sources would also agree on that, you know, it seems like reconnaissance is being done. Um, that, that's what a question that is, right? That's, uh, that's really hard to wrap your head around. Me personally, as far as what uh, keeps me up at night or what the craziest questions would be, um, and I like the green light, why the, what the why now question from Dave, that's really perplexing as well. Um, but to me, it would be the more paranormal side of things. 
you know, we know there's craft in the sky. That's kind of easier to digest, especially for the public. But the really scary things would be the paranormal stuff, the uh, the hitchhiker effect, some of the stuff we're seeing at Skinwalker, um, the experiencers having these uh, abilities after it's happening to them, abductions, of course. We're talking about the real scary stuff that it seems like um, a lot of people pushing for this disclosure initiative kind of want to not talk about right now. Um, that's maybe why ASAP has been kind of, there's been an attempt to maybe sweep that under the rug a little bit and focus on just, you know, UFOs in the sky, the, natu- the national um, uh, defense aspect. And I'm not saying that's, that's a bad, you know, it's bad to focus on the national uh, defense. That's, that's very important. But the extra scary stuff is the skinwalker stuff, the hitchhikers, the abductions, people who get in their lives ruined um, that I can't speak about because I'm not an experiencer and it's never happened to me, but I definitely feel for these people. Bob. So I just want to, po- I want to quickly point out in support of, of uh, Danny, we, we know from the dirds that were done under OSAP that they got all sorts of statistics. We know from uh, several famous uh, uh, psychologists and so forth that work with experiences like John Mack and others who have done all sorts of statistical analysis. And the number of experiencers in the United States is over a million people have had these weird interactions. And they are being made to feel miserable or talk like an idiot. It's way over a million people have had an abduction or something like it. That's a lot to not talk about and sweep under the rug. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Learn the ins and outs, do's, don'ts, rules, and tools of the financial world. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app or wherever you get your podcast. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. It's hurricane season. Flood insurance can help you avoid paying out-of-pocket for costly damage. It's time to trust your instincts. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. Also, um, real quick, I'll just jump in. Uh, You know, we don't don't know these numbers. You know, maybe the million people that remembered it, maybe those are the ones that uh, something went wrong in the process and everyone else where it went, went right. They don't remember it at all. There's a lot of weird questions. I think the one million is a conservative estimate. Everyone I talk to that does that stuff believes it's much larger. John? Um, for me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those are all wonderful reasons to never sleep again. Um, but um, for me, um, um, it, it, it comes down to two things. Um, it comes down to one is um, this... I think realistic, but I think very unfounded assumption that whatever it is, that there's only one faction. Um, and and I, 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 I just, I don't see that likely. And so I think the child, so what keeps me up at night is the idea that, that there are, you know, maybe six, 10, 15, 20 different factions 
that are have all had a hand in each one of these and and that's why there's no pattern that's why it's all chaotic that's why it's a mess because essentially they've all been kind of playing with it um that and and, and how what who do you at that point who do you negotiate with you know what do you do go to the strongest one you know i mean come on i mean like th this gets really ugly really fast unless they've already self-organized right which you know possible um so that and then the second thing um uh and don't get me wrong there's a lot of other things that keep me up in that i'm just trying to be polite um is um is millweb yes <laughs> millweb scares the hell out of me millweb freaking scares i, I want to add one more thing to this is we got about three and a half minutes here before we got to go to break at the top of the hour to finish off hour number two of three and that is i got this from a, a very close source uh who's very close on this topic in the u.s and that is he posed the question to me what if everything is the phenomena like danny says paranormal cryptids supernatural events, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, alien contact, UFOs, astral projection. What if the phenomena is all one and it is playing us much like a god would? And that's what we're getting closer to figuring out and understanding that riddle. And as the puzzle pieces turn over from gray to actually colored, we're starting to see more and more effects of the phenomena being everything is one rather than separate as ghosts are ghosts, cryptids are cryptids, near-death experiences are one thing. And I think, uh, like Danny said, with, with the hitchhiker effects that are going on, what we're seeing at Skinwalker Ranch and the results that uh, we hear coming out of there, and yes, it is hearsay, unfortunately, but I think if you add it all together, it shows that the phenomena A is very real and the phenomena is all interconnected. Would anybody like to comment on that? we got two minutes. Well, I think there's direct evidence for that in that essentially if you take a lot of the feature sets of any one of these different genres and distill it down to its basic function, you will then be able to go across platform and see this same function replicated over and over and over. The hitchhiker effect happens in the Bigfoot world, right? Um, you know, so so it's, it, we, we have evidence that there, but I don't think it's fair to go to the second stage and assume that just because it's all connected means that there's anything nefarious going on or that there's any secret, you know, uh, you, know um, um, you know, trick player at, at work. Um, you know, I think it's, it, I think there's a lot of very other, very interesting, um, reasonable solutions having to do with our, our own inner, our own inner selves that have to do with how this works and have a lot less to do with some um, Loki-like um, entity that's that's intentionally trying to mess with us. Danny or Bob, we got about a minute and 20. Well, well I think the most famous researcher in UFO for the last several decades is Jacques Vallée. And he was heavily influenced in his early days by John Keel. And they 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 were they're all der, der, derivative of Charles Fort, and so they all that their writings are clear. There are a bunch of different things that are interrelated, uh, and passport to Magonia and other things and on. Valet writes very clearly about how all of these weird different things are interrelated, and the thing the thing is we don't know is how all of those things 
take action in our physical universe. And I think the commonality will be how they all use the same mechanism to interact with our universe. So it's discovering that that is the important thing. Now, you and I both know, Dave, that Grant Cameron is really, really up on and working on and cares about consciousness. And I'd like to figure out how it works with all of the other physical fields. All right. We have the roundtable for another hour here on Spaced Out Radio. The fedora-wearing John Hudson from the Silver Record, Danny Silva, and Science Bob McGuire. And when we return, we're going to continue with audience questions. I know there's a bunch in the chat room right now. We're going to try and get to them all within the next 60 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio as we continue with the roundtable and enjoy Dirty Filth's work of art. Spaced Out Radio continues with hour number three coming up right after this. I am about 30 minutes behind in the chat room right now. We're going to just have to build a time-traveling machine, Dave. What do you got for us there, Filth? Let me uh, bring you up large here for a second. Okay, there we go. We got got five minutes, right, Dave? Yes, yes, we do. Cool. We got Team Stump. Dave's asking Science Bob what we're going to see next, and Science Bob's like, eh, maybe some more insiders. And take it away, Phil. You're you're the captain right now. Be right back. Everybody's whiskey rations have been halved. So, anyways, um, and then we have the Man in Black. We got Butch Wachowski on the table there. And the Tic Tac Triangle. Bob Lazar S for sports model. And that's it. Dave just left me here. Unbelievable. Luckily, I've got a computer ready, so we look at the chat room. Apparently, I'm like six minutes behind in the chat room, so... It's probably the internet lag stuff. Thanks for leaving me here, Dave. Unbelievable. I can entertain your audience. Vaughn. What are we... Uh, there's Vaughn Patrick. we got to go for a brewski, man. Talk about them behind your back. Yes. I heard Dave secretly eats, eats breakfast in the middle of the night. He gets up and sneaks into the kitchen and has breakfast. Fidgety. Thanks, Black Dragon. Cindy. Oh, I wish you had a pizza. You're waiting. room with the dentist. I don't see no drawing going on. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. Dave left me here, so I'll just ramble as I draw. It's his own fault. Get the old detail brush out. Well, I'm going to draw. I got nothing to say because I just go into the zone, so... Enjoy, weirdos. 
me. That sweeps the old number three for the Butchkowski. So before the show, it rained a whole bunch and soaked the entire art studio. It was interesting. Luckily, nothing exploded and none of the watercolors were damaged. So all was well. There's Butch's frame. Isn't that nice? And I ask all of you to stick around. We are going to have a surprise guest coming up here momentarily. As surprise guest. Tim McMillan from The Debrief is going to join us here in a few minutes' time to join the conversation that's going on here tonight. And I think this is going to be absolutely epic. What an epic night this is turning out to be. It's fantastic. Jimmy did great. I think we've done okay. Uh, Danny's been awesome, and John and I have been hanging in there. Yeah, Jeremy in the chat room firing some pointed Jeremy questions. In the chat. Jeremy, next time bring him on. Well, I tried. He was texting me, and he's, he's spending some time with family the next few days, but he, he's enjoying listening in tonight. He goes, I never get to listen in. He goes, so this is absolutely great for him to sit back, put his feet up. No, he he was a big, huge influence on the quality of the show. Yeah, very much, very much. Grateful for him having him in the chat room. Very much. Maybe he'll add him to the Christmas card list. Yeah, you got to send him a Christmas You got to make card. the beard uh, quite thick on that, like your chest hair, though, uh, dirty filth. Be- which beard on where? On Jeremy Corbell. <clears throat> I've never drawn a picture of him, so. Maybe one day. I actually tried to send him one of my drawings. I messaged him. I was like, hey, you want? It was my guide to UFOs. And I drew the, like, triangle that they're like, oh, this is all bunker, whatever it was. But I drew that and they called me Corbell. It's somewhere, right? It's in a pile somewhere. Oh, well. I can't we, got 20, we got 20 seconds, guys. 20 seconds before we're coming on back here. Dave, you owe me a beer for covering for you. Hey, okay. That, that works. That I'm works. going back to quiet mode. Okay. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears around the world and on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. 
digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Kissel. Kissel is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the roundtable as we have Science Bob McGuire from the Silver Record, Danny Silva and his high and tight beard. John Hudson, the fedora-wearing wonder, hanging out with us as well. We're going to have Tim McMillan from The Debrief join us here momentarily as well. Let's start with a question from Eddie. Do you think more politicians believe in otherworldly beings but stay quiet due to fear of being ridiculed and their political careers ending? Bob, let's start with you on this one. We'll get you to unmute, Bob. Oh, you're having a heck of a time. Uh, oh, man, I'm telling you, it did not want to unclick. I don't know why. Anyway, okay, so there are there's a lot of that. So there are lots of politicians in the United States that come from extremely conservative and religious districts, and so they're constantly worried in those districts about what their constituents think. There are a lot of uh, senators and Congress critters that come from extremely affluent districts, and they mostly work for the people that fund them. So they mostly want to be uh, get donors to help them get reelected in these really expensive campaigns. So they're worried about uh, uh, fouling up their nest egg uh, that will get them through the next election. So I'm just telling you, there there are multiple reasons, but I believe that this is changing. Because the slow reveal from uh, 2017 forward has mostly changed what people believe. And so now I think it's widely assumed, if you believe the the polls, that the vast majority of the uh, constituencies in the United States believe these things are real. John, your thoughts? You're muted. You're, You're muted, John. Uh, we lost your microphone there, John. I don't... No, no, there we go. There we go. There we go. Yep. Yep. Right. Now you can hear me, yeah? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had it turned off. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got excited by his question, but what was your original question? The original question, do you think politicians believe in otherworldly beings but are staying quiet due to fear of being ridiculed and their political careers ending? Look, all political people have to live dual lives, right? They have what they personally believe and then what and then the the caricature of themselves that they have to create that maps to their constituency it's the whole reason why when they get older you start hearing them talk about themselves in the third person right it's actually not necessarily a good thing but the third person model is a good self-defense mechanism i don't want to like say anything about that brain smart um but um essentially what you have is you have a lot of people who will essentially personally believe it for one reason but they will still disbelieve it in their in their alternate mind, and they will still have to be proved. They will still have to be proved that that's correct 
by an outside party. And then at some point, they'll find themselves stitching it back together in their own minds. It's really funny how it works, right? And so essentially, the the um, there's going to be people that um, that have pressure to not um, spread it for religious reasons. There's going to have people that have pressure not to spread it just because it's seen as a waste of money, right? Um, and it's there's going to be people who um, you know who essentially you know, I've had personal experiences, but then there's also going to be regions where there might be, for example, an actual constituent of people that actually really do want something to happen, right? Like I'm going to guess maybe like the Roswell community. I, I don't know, right? So you could have um, districts, you could have essentially representatives who are getting authentic pressure from within their own communities to essentially speak up about certain topics. And that's that's really what you want because that's the most natural organic stuff. And I don't know if that is really happening yet. I I think it's happening in spurts and starts because like the phone home thing, but I think I don't think a real engine has begun. And I think essentially what we're doing is we're doing the other half as a way of kind of um, like jump starting the engine sort of a thing. Um, um, uh, you know, and so I, I think that's kind of how it plays out. All right, Danny, final word on this one. I've said this a bunch of times in interviews and things like that. You know, I used to write a blog every time a politician would comment. It was like a huge deal. Now it's kind of almost commonplace where we're hearing politicians commenting on the UAP subject. It just goes to show you what all has been accomplished and the forward momentum we've had. Of course, uh, there's still a lot of the stigma that we need to break down. Um, I think more and more politicians are realizing that they can comment on it. Um, There's still probably a million of them that, don't want to because they think they will be made fun of or not taken seriously. So it's just this process that we're going through. Um, these hearings are playing a good part of it. There were still some uh, tongue-in-cheek jokes at the hearings, which were unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, it's just this process that we're going through now. And it's not only from the public or from aviators or from military members, but, of course, it's also from politicians, and it's a great point. What do you say? You didn't like little green men and swamp gas coming up in the conversation? And they were asking him if he was like a sci-fi fan, right? I mean, come on. I hear you. Well, I'm telling you, the, the, the thing I hated most was the uh, congressman talking about uh, throwing everybody in jail that opened their mouth about anything. That guy really, boy, we, I got mad. Absolutely. All right. Raz is asking, guys, we're going to have to speed it up here a little bit because we're way behind right now. What's the technical legislation involved in writing up immunity for these folks, Bob? That is a really complex question because each each group has a different context. So it is really going to be difficult to write blanket immunity, I think, because they're going to worry about unintended consequences of whatever legislation they write. So that's just too complex a question for us to deal with in a few minutes. And it's going to take a team of lawyers and a bunch of other folks to get through it. Sticking with you, yeah, Bob. You could have a situation. You have a situation where it works for the DoD but doesn't work for the DOE, right? Right. So, I mean, there's right. there's so many divides that can get really complicated. Yeah, there, there's difference between Q and TS. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Question for Bob from Skilly: Can you clarify that the letter you saw showed correspondence between Admiral Wilson and Dr. Eric Davis? You spoke about it on Grant Cameron's show. I saw a letter. That was written by Davis, and that is about the length and breadth of what I can say, except it spoke about 
the things that Davis covered in his notes. And the per- Davis wa- Wilson was looking for information. And I, I didn't even remember it until I had looked at a date book and saw an entry. So I'm just telling you, this is this is just another piece of evidence that to me says there's really something going on in the Wilson docks. And this is not evidence of exactly what it was, but it was evidence he cared. All right, let's get to Jeremy Corbell's question. And Danny, we'll start with you. Would amnesty and immunity be more important for those who were silenced with NDAs by those? It's another hurricane season. And right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. I'm Carrie Walsh Jennings. Five Olympics, four medals. I've played with lots of injuries and sore muscles. KT Tape has helped me push past the pain. Today, clinical studies prove what I've always known, that using KT Tape before, during, and after workouts can reduce muscle soreness. Whether it's the Olympics or the local gym, pain is pain. Tape up with the number one kinesiology tape. Use it for muscle soreness and many common injuries. KT Tape, train longer, finish stronger. KT Tape works for me, it'll work for you running the UAP exploitation and study programs for the U.S. military or for those who control the programs? I think they're both important for different reasons. I would say uh, give them to both of those people. We just want to hear what they have to say. But we definitely need uh, the people with the NDAs to be able to speak. Definitely, definitely. John, your thoughts? Well, I... I mean, one thing I think is interesting is I was, uh, I, meant, I think I may have mentioned the other day is I was listening to this um, uh, 1996 interview that Art Bell did of uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. And uh, Edgar Mitchell actually talks about amnesty uh, with Art Bell in that episode um, uh, back in 1996. So, um, you know, it, it's not to say that this is really a, a new topic. Um, and so that means there has been time for people to chew on it and, and look at different angles and so forth. Because I think that, you know, what you just mentioned is a perfect example in that I'm I'm all for giving amnesty to um, government people who um, were were put into tight spots and and and, and had certain requirements put on them. Um, however, it, as soon as it as soon as it goes from research to application, and it goes from there to the private sector where it's actually getting applied into whatever. Um, I don't want any amnesty on that side. I don't want any of that touched. I don't want any of that. I want that completely left alone. That, 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 that's, man, that's national security. Um, and so, uh, and, you know, everyone's going to feel differently about where that line should be. They'll feel the line should be pushed into there. They'll feel the line should be pulled back from there. And so I think everyone just kind of, you know, falls into a different place. And so it makes it hard. Bob. Uh, I, uh, I, the, 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 the controllers have all of the facts at their fingertips. So if you get one of those people out and give them immunity and, and order them to talk, uh, it would be explosive. But until but you probably are going to need to get a few people with their NDAs to come out because the thing the NDA does, it explicitly tells you you cannot talk about the sponsor or who is in control of things. 
So if you want, if you wanted to find out who they are, you need to have some of the people with NDAs tell you who they are under amnesty and on, on, under subpoena. And once the once they are able to tell who people are, then Congress can go after the bigger fish. It's the usual prosecutorial thing: start with a little fish and go up. Kim is asking, why do the governments have to? Why do USA allies? have to start investigating UFOs. Why not just let the USA do it? Because... 75% of the world is not the U.S. Well, I think it also goes that every country has their own aerial programs, whether it's military, whether it's whether it's uh, uh, in the water, on the, along oceans, or lakes, or seas... I think that every country obviously has their own airline and pilots that are flying around, people who are having experiences. And I think, once again, this is, this is something where the more data they can collect and collaborate with, I think it, it makes it easier for everybody to understand maybe what is going on. Anybody, yep. anybody else want to comment on that? Yeah, well, I think that there will be countries that don't want to. Either they have some sort of a cultural reason to resist it, or they have some cultural reason to not even feel it's needed, right? Um, you know, uh, you might have a situation where they're just so resource constrained that it's just not a priority for them, right? So it, we have to leave it open for the fact that there will be some um, some government, some communities that just, it's just not a big deal to them, and that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. For those that want to investigate it, for those that find it interesting, for those that find it compelling either out of, you know, raw curiosity or because of personal experience, the more the merrier. And the thing is, is that if you do care about it, the reason why you want to be researching it is because very bluntly, um, you don't want to trust us straight out because we are always going to be presenting things in the best light for us, right? Um, you know, I mean, obviously people try really hard to, to be as fair as they can be, but let's be honest, right? Governments, you know, do do that. So if you want to see the, the UFO data in the most unbiased light that you can possibly get it, you're probably going to want to do some of that research yourself. There's value to that, especially field work. And it's extremely hard for me to believe that any superpower or major country hasn't already been doing it for decades. I think now they're just starting to admit it or they're lying and saying, Hey, we're about to start doing it now like NASA. Um, but they already are. And, uh, if they want to be, uh, have security in their country or have any kind of, uh, uh, idea of power, then they've already been doing it for decades. All right. Let's get to Raz's question. Hal put off Dr. Eric Davis. Who are these folks and are they on our side? Danny, you want to start with that one? I think they're definitely on our side. I think they've put themselves out there um, for ridicule and made them public uh, people um, and, and, and been targets uh, because they're passionate about a subject that a lot of people didn't want to look at. Not only that, uh, Dr. Putoff's been doing this for a very, very, very long time. And Dr. Davis has as well. But uh, Dr. Putoff, he's up there in age now, and he's dedicated his life to this. And these guys are heroes in my book, and uh, I definitely think they are on our side. And you could also argue that possibly some of the things that we're seeing today that we're so happy about that's occurring um, possibly wouldn't be if it wasn't for this team of people. That is one of the theories about the why now 
Um, now, I don't know if it's accurate or not, but, you know, one of the theories of the why now, why is it happening now is because a lot of these guys have been putting their lives on the line, making moves, and it's been a perfect storm of people finally being successful. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but uh, we can't uh, discount it or just throw it out there. I think that's a great point. Absolutely great point as we continue on with the roundtable tonight here on Spaced Out Radio. And Jeremy has a comment for you, Danny. says, we can map the topography of other planets with one satellite in a couple of weeks. UAP have been a part of the human experience forever. Do you really believe this could be just a UAP recon program? I don't think it's just a recon program. Um, And, you know, I only go by what people tell me. I'm just kind of uh, some jerk. I'm not in the government. Um, But I have heard a lot of sources um, talk about the the nuclear stuff, at least looking like recon. Do I know the bottom line of what's going on? No way. And I don't don't claim to, of course. But uh, it is really weird. And what they're appearing to do uh, seems to be some like some kind of recon, but yeah, you're right. And especially if they, Jeremy's hundred percent right. If they have this advanced tech, you know, why um, are they doing this? Maybe it's going to John's point. And a lot of people do believe that there's different species, different kinds, different types. I don't know. Um, And then, uh, you know, maybe different types and different kinds are doing different things that have different goals and have different, uh, you know, intelligence levels of what humans are doing. Uh, maybe some of these types are more like bandits or and they're not playing by the rules. Others maybe are going along with the rules. I'm getting a little weird here. But uh, I don't know the answers. I don't get the answers. But uh, it's, it's, nice. it's interesting to ponder. It's nice to hear you woo a little bit there. Uh, yeah. Bob, let's get your opinion. Yeah, so there's a whole lot more to reconnaissance than just mapping the planet. So reconnaissance is causing an interaction with the asset you're looking at. So if you're over a ship, you want to see how they respond to certain things you do. You want to learn what electronic measures we might use to follow them and so forth and so on. So it's really pretty complex, and they can only do that by being here. All right, let's go to Big Willie here. We never know if it's Big Willie or his beard who are asking the question. He says, is it because money is on the line now? So now that money is involved, it's beneficial to those breaking the story, studying it. Just my thought question, but love all the suggestions so far. Where does money come into play, John? I don't, I don't think, um, I mean, essentially, I don't, I don't actually see many inflections that seem to have any direct causality with the exception of certain things like, for example, um, uh, the spy one radar coming out, right? Because you might have had a, had a problem where people wanted to defend their people but couldn't because they had no secondary evidence that their guys were actually seeing anything. The instant the spy one radar actually had one bit of data, now they can actually go to their people and go, look, my pilot saw something and I have this one piece of data and now they felt safe to back their people up. That might have been a tipping point, right? I don't think that money necessarily has been because essentially what you've had is and I've I've been I've seen other people do it. I've been graphing it myself for a while now. You can go back to you know like for the forties and you can you can graph our you know our you know trajectory of technology for a long period of time and uh, it's always been profitable to make bombs and missiles and guns and tanks and planes and stuff. I mean it's it's good money. I mean it's a hard it's hard work. 
Um, so I don't think that there's necessarily been any sudden um, uh, uh, avenue to profitability that's, that's appeared um, necessarily. Um, I think that, you know, you could get to that point soon where there is actually a floodgate that opens. Um, but I, I think right now it, it's not because it would all be very clandestine. It would all be very backdoor. All right, let's move on to another question here from Gloria. If there were a date set for them, the extraterrestrials, to come, will the government notify us that we are going to be attacked? I don't think we know if we're going to be attacked or not. I don't think we are. But, I mean, that's quite hypothetical. Uh, You know, I don't want to bog down the question too much with negativity on that. But when I said earlier about stating a date... I think that this may have been something that we've been in communication with for a long time. And finally they said, hey, we're on our way. Bob, what do you think? Um, I don't actually think we know we're going to be attacked. I just think the reconnaissance that we're seeing is suspicious. So uh, if the government has been contacted and say, hey, y'all, we're going to land on the White House lawn in 2026 on uh, June 10th. Well, that would be a big deal, and they would really want to prepare the world because if they don't do it and all of a sudden they show up, markets will crash, business will grind to a halt, people will stay at home and stare at their TV every microsecond, and it will be a big mess like War of the Worlds done by uh, Orson Welles. We don't want that scenario repeated. Danny, you're thinking on that. Um... Hmm. I don't, I don't know anything about this attack stuff. Um, the date thing uh, is it, it's a theory. It's a conspiracy theory. I'm not I'm not so sure. I have much of a much to say on this one, to be honest with you. All right, let's go to John, and I think that's a fair honest answer, Danny. So thank you, John. Well, I mean, first off, I, I don't think there's been ever any occurrence in history where an attacking force has actually sent a message ahead of them saying, hi, we're coming. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. If, I mean, I could be wrong, um, but I don't think that's ever happened. Um, so I, I, I don't think that's likely. Um, I, the only scenario I've heard of where that scenario becomes likely is I've heard a scenario where a message is sent where it says something like, um, uh, we left our stuff, we'd like it back. Um, that, that That's actually... That doesn't sound all that crazy to me, right? Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that I think that ultimately, even even if you put all that aside, let's just assume that there is some entity that wants to attack us. Let's assume that they've actually notified us that they're going to attack us. Um, would you tell anybody? I mean, I guess it would really depend on what you think your chances are. That's ultimately what it comes down to when you think about it. Basically, the government would have to do an evaluation of what they thought their chances are. And they thought they had no chance in hell then there essentially wouldn't really be any point in announcing it at all. Um, there would only be really any point in announcing it if you thought you had a chance. Very true. Gentlemen, in the next half hour, we are going to be joined by Tim McMillan from thedebrief.org and his incredible article and their incredible work. They released a brand-new UFO video from an AH-64 Apache helicopter from the United States Army. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into NASA. We got a giant half hour left on Spaced Out Radio tonight. We're having a great time. John Hudson, Danny Silver from The Silver Record, Science Bob McGuire, Dirty Phil, and yours truly, Dave Scott. Hanging on out. 
here on Spaced Out Radio. Let's round third and head home right after this. Hey, there's Big Bad Tim. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Handsome as ever. Good. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yes. Bob, Danny, John. Time for Brustukessen? Yes. I I really did set the alarm to wake up much earlier today, I promise. Oh, dude, that's okay. You, dude, you've had a busy 24 hours. No kidding. The fact that you're even uh, popping on here is great. Well, you're you're, you're already going to get me in trouble because... uh, you know, Chrissy Newt handles all our media stuff, and she like coordinates all the podcast interviews and does all this stuff. And so, um, and her and Micah are down in Utah at a conference right now. But before before yesterday's article came out or, or anything, I, I told her I was like, I'm not doing any interviews. I'm not doing any podcasts. I'm not doing anything. So just don't schedule schedule me for nothing. But she's going to wake up, or perhaps is still awake, and is going to hear this. And she's You're like, trouble, that son of a. Oh boy, man! I, I saw I saw her in a picture with Erica and others out at that conference, so I yeah. knew she was there. Yeah, yeah. She, her, her, and uh, her and Micah are there. Micah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what all they have plans. I don't. I don't want to give away too much because I know that they're going to the conference. But then there's some other debrief, filming, documentary jazz going on. So. Yep. Hey, keep I don't that. want to get any more trouble with Chrissy. No, you keep that silent, brother. You keep that yeah. silent. Yeah, that's that's for yeah. you guys. That's all for you guys right there. Uh, it, it's uh, just a pleasure to have you here, my good friend. And uh, really- yeah, I, I think I think if you did commentary on the stuff that's happened in the last week with you, et cetera, you're not going to be you're not going to upset her. You're promoting you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just kidding. She won't really be mad at me. She's only the, only because uh, she didn't get to schedule anybody else. But no, but it's fine. It's Dave. Dave, you you know, I love you, man. <laughs> I I appreciate Thanks. that, brother. I do. I appreciate that. You know how how's the family doing? Good, man. Good. We we got a little birthday friend's birthday party at the amusement park here in just a little bit, and <laughs> kids are about to get out of school for the summer in a a week, and we'll be. Heading off to Italy for a couple weeks, so Very nice. I'll be out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Very nice, well deserved, well deserved. Good for you, man. Good for you. And back to the nuclear stuff. I don't know if anyone else believes this, but you know, Tom DeLong was talking about how our nuclear um, capabilities could disrupt the craft. You know, I think Lewis kind of intimated that without actually directly commenting on it as well, um, and that could be part of that uh, the whole recon. When we when we li- the, the, all these rumors go around and they're look they're rumors right but when we lit the massive I mean massive thermonuclear device in in the uh, at the outer edges of our atmosphere above above the ionosphere there are these claims that the crap hit the fan mm-hmm. and we saw all sorts of stuff going on from then on. Uh, missiles being launched from Vandenberg and clear videos being taken of something shooting the warhead off. So if that's true and we have really credible witnesses that that's true, then, you know, they're showing us we've had enough of this crap. Oh, very true. Very true. 
And how, how much longer do we have for the commercial break? Uh, okay. We have um, about uh, 90 seconds. 90 okay. Seconds. So I've, I'm coming in, so I don't know what, what else has been discussed. But, but along those same lines, Danny, I thought it was really bananas that at the hearing that the Maelstrom stuff, uh, you know, when, when uh, W. Director Bray and Moultrie. And I, I don't understand that. I mean, I'll just say that. And you guys know me. I'm pretty pragmatic. Right? You know, I, I'm pretty uh, – probably it frustrates people to sometimes because I'm the one who's like, I don't know. Maybe they do have crashed up. I don't know. But uh, to, to not know about that is really bananas to me. It's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> So Danny, Danny, Danny has said that he's worried, given that, that they might be prepared to lie to Congress. I, for, and I'll say, let me put it this: you, you know, Bob, you, you've been in government. You know how it works. Oh, yeah. Is those, oh, yeah. prin, those principal executives, they're not doing anything. You no. know, they're not the ones doing the work. So they no. got briefed beforehand. They got briefing packet. Yeah. Yep. They were told it. And so I actually don't think. Bray or Moultrie were lying, but no, I think they, they were didn't appear briefed. Yeah, yeah they, they I think weren't. they're ignorant. Yeah, that's what I believe. They were ignorant, and they were meant to be ignorant. That was a plan. I, well, I think that's. I mean, it's it's astounding, and and I mean, for me, I'm looking at it going. We, we definitely have credible witnesses saying that nuclear weapons were shut down. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a big fucking deal. Hold, hold on, <laughs> guys. Kidding. We got like three seconds here. Three seconds. Okay. Heading for home tonight on Space Down Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. We're going to hop right into it right now. Science Bob McGuire is here. Danny Silva from the Silver Record. We have the fedora wearing John Hudson, dirty filth with his great art. And we've just been joined from the debrief.org, Tim McMillan, who somehow, some way, got a leaked video out of the United States Army from an AH 64 Apache looking at what Mick West calls birds, but people who actually know what airplanes look like call jet fighters. Tim, welcome to Spaced Out Radio. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on, Dave. Uh, sorry, I'm coming in a little late, but it'll be fun. Just... Well, we got to ask you about, about this brand new video that you guys released at thedebrief.org earlier today. Mm-hmm. And what a great piece this is, my friend. And I, I think it's absolutely great that another good video comes out. It's very fast. I know I had to watch it a number of times in order to, to see what everybody was looking at. But man, those objects are cruising in there. Sure, yeah, it, you know that that was a, that's an interesting article, and uh, you know you knew going into it that if you were going to release a video that, that hadn't been seen anymore, that was going to suck up all the air. You know, like that was what everybody was going to talk about. That was going to be the focus point, and uh, you know for for good reason because I guess you know if you welcome to Seaspire Country, home of unlimited with cash back. Use less than two gigs of data a month, and we'll take $10 off your next bill. And that's on every line. So four lines could save you 40 bucks every single month. Unlimited data when you need it, cash back when you don't. Seems right, seems fair, and only C Spire offers it. 
So stop paying for data you don't use and switch to life in Seaspire Country. It's just like the rest of the country, only a few steps ahead. See Seaspire.com for details. It's hurricane season. Flood insurance can help you avoid paying out of pocket for costly damage. It's time to trust your instincts. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. Get any kind of real photographic proof of UAP or anything. That's that's a big deal. Uh, you know, for me, when we started on this story uh, a couple of months ago, six months ago, and it goes back to when uh, the rubber duck and the, the Bruja and the um, A-10 videos were leaked, those types of things, especially the rubber duck, uh, because I was familiar with the, pl- the flight platform that filmed it. And I remember going, now oh, this is, you know, that I think that kind of all, you know, started controversy. It went to the wayside to, to an extent, but I knew the system. I'm like, this is a very, <laughs> this is a serious flight platform system. The people who operate them uh, know what they're doing. And more importantly, these are videos that don't usually come out. And so I realized, hold on, this is somebody uh, <laughs> who's got real access. Like, this is somebody who's really got this. Um, and so I kind of went on that journey to figure out how exactly did they they come out, per se. And, and uh, hypothesizing, uh, as, it, as it turned out to be true, that this was somebody who was suggesting that, uh, you know, these encounters were going on in an entirely separate side of the government we have really left alone and not discussed, which is Homeland Security, National Guard. There's so many other equities out here, particularly on the border. And so that's how I, you know, I was able to, uh, through Andy Marcel, um, meet Bob Thompson, who we introduced in, in that article. And, and he agreed uh, to come out on the record. So for me, a lot of it, in, in fact, 75 percent of that article was trying to to get across to people that uh, this is a serious issue. There's more than the DOD. There's more than the Navy. There's other people we need to be asking these probing questions to. And that Apache video that we released wasn't given to the DOD. And this wasn't one, I can confirm that for a fact. This was not one that uh, the task force or AIMSAW got or analyzed. And so that's a problem. You know, it's a problem that it's all not going to the same spot. But it all means that we have other people besides just the Navy, just the military. And so uh, as fate would have it, he, he still had that video that he hadn't released yet. And so when we saw that, um, it's when he says, you know, you know, Dave, you've been in media for a long time. Uh, Our job is to share information (laughs) and and share it as honestly as possible. Uh, But we're not an academic institution. We're not, we're not anything like that. So the important side for us is much like the, the gimbal go fast videos that come out there is let's get information to the public, then let them scrutinize it. Let the academic scrutinize it. Let the video experts scrutinize it. For me, I, um, you know, what you just described is what I see. You know, I, I see something that three objects that appear to be moving uh, fast that suddenly engage in some type of flight maneuver that is not consistent with, with aircraft. You know, you, we all can kind of guess that aircraft don't just suddenly spin around in a 360 degree angle like that. So the idea that they're aircraft. I think if you believe that they're fighter jets, then you essentially are ascribing they're anomalous because there's not a fighter pilot. There's not an aircraft engineer in the world that's going to tell you that, that any kind of aircraft are capable of doing a maneuver like that where they revolve around each other. Uh, 
the the idea that they're birds uh i you know this will be one that'll be i'll be interested to see as the analysis goes pie perhaps that that is a pragmatic explanation um I don't know because you can see uh, throughout the video, uh, you, you know, you can see other things that, that you're able to quickly identify. And when I say throughout the video, I mean the whole. I, when, when I wanted to verify it, we got the whole two hour flight of the Apache. So uh, to figure out what was going on. And so you, you see other things that don't aren't consistent with that. And, uh, you know, to a large part, you have to agree that the, you know these these devices aren't designed to target birds they're not designed to to show birds you know they're targeting systems they're, they're designed to deliver weapons uh, warheads on foreheads and so uh, for the pilots to have seen what they interpreted initially as fast moving jets certainly at least by that initial testimony seems to suggest that that's not going to be birds uh, I think the only reason that 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 should be examined is because of that weird 360 flight maneuver. But then we've got to take everything into account. It, it was uh, 1150 in the morning when this was filmed or evening, excuse me, 1150 at night. This was almost midnight when it was filmed. And so I am not an avian specialist. <laughs> we'll have to find out how many birds fly uh, like that in the middle of the night and, and fly uh, in this weird kind of pattern. And so uh, it's an interesting video do I think that it will, will solve the question? No. And I know that going into it. Do I hope that we put out some more information, particularly uh, that gives more ammunition to Congress members, to the public, to push Homeland Security, to push the National Guard, to push the FBI, the people who have uh, surveillance equities that are, are in our country, that are monitoring our borders, these types of things, who, as Mr. Thompson said, you know, uh, these they're seeing these things all the time and that makes sense because they're kind of in hot spots and they're out there in the middle of nowhere if anybody's ever been to the southern border i mean that's you see some pretty skies i know danny you live in texas you're not far you know you you kind of uh, when i grew up in tucson actually okay so yeah yeah you, you you're familiar with the area then i guess and uh i unfortunately hadn't been there but uh you know, it's there's some pretty clear starry nights is what I hear. And there's some good it's good conditions to see things. Good reason to go out and look up in the sky. And so hopefully, if nothing else, this article kind of gets some people talking uh, and puts some pressure on Homeland Security. You know, I'd like to see that. It does. I want, to encourage, I, want to, I want to encourage people to look at Dave Beatty's stabilization and centering of those objects. That is really worth looking at. Now, Absolutely. And Dave's fantastic. He does great work with it. But yeah, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. sorry Other days it does fantastic work. Tim, I want to ask you, in regards to this story, you said that something like this takes a long time. You, you've you been working on it. I know uh, I've been working on st- a story for two years, and sometimes it just has to come to fruition. When you got that video placed in your hands, I, I don't want you to give up your source, but I, w- I would like you to explain to the public, if you don't mind, how that comes about where somebody says, hey, I have this video for you. I think you should run it. How do you verify that it's the real thing? Because you don't want to be caught with egg on your face either. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and in this instance, you know, since he came on a record, 
we can, we can say that Bob was the, the Bob Thompson was the initial person, you know, this kind of process goes and like you said, it's, it's a very lengthy process where you start off uh, first interviewing Bob and establishing his credibility, his credentials. So that includes making sure that he provides documentation, verifying who he is, his background, uh, which he did. But then you also want to make sure that you establish that through secondary sources. So fortunately, you know, I did almost two decades in law enforcement. So, so I, I know lots of people <laughs> who who could verify that the, somebody's law enforcement credentials because he, he was a federal law enforcement officer. And so uh, once he's verified, you, you're listening to what he has to say. And then uh, obviously when it comes to the video, you, you're, you're exactly right. The chain of custody. You, you want to verify this is authentic video. Um, and, and for that, uh, it, at times it, you, you do have to rely on sources that don't get named in the article or even just speak on background. So that includes talking to people in government who can verify the flight, you know, verify the, the Longbow 281 uh, time, the airport where it happened, uh, letting them take a look at the video and give their opinion. You know, we, uh, it, again, because we can't, uh, because they're they're either actively in government, and so they can't go on the, the record unless they get a, a public affairs official approval. And I, I th- as we've seen over five years, that's really never happens <laughs> when it comes to UAP. Uh, so they have to speak on background, but but getting them to take a look at it. So people who have examined uh, and looked at UAP videos from a military uh, standpoint, who've looked at. Uh, Artifacts that have been filmed on, you know, these types of systems, the MTADs, at FLIR, that type of thing, uh, and get their opinion. So, I mean, somebody who's seen a lot more evidence than me, uh, but ha- is looking at it in a professional capacity and say, so what do you think? You know, it, you know what are your thoughts? And, and universally, all of those thoughts were they were, they thought, yeah, this is, a, I mean, this is anomalous. This is one that we would take at AIMSOC. And, and if it was something that had come to, uh, you know, the UAP task force or AMSOG in 2018 when it was filmed, it's definitely one where we, there probably would have been a lot more data on. And it, it would have been one that would have been investigated. So there was nothing obvious that they see on it. You know, they're looking at it the same way we are. Um, and these, you, you have to default at time. You, you have to know what you know and know what you don't know. And, and I've never been a fighter pilot. You know, I've never I've never flown a fighter plane. I've never flown an Apache helicopter. So you have to talk to people who have like like Chris Lito, who was in uh, the uh, that appeared in the article and gave his analysis, his opinion of it. Um, you know, he was able to, to get a copy of it and, and analyze it. And, and, you know, his opinion was it was anomalous. You know, his opinion was based on some of the mathematics of how he saw uh, his his um projection of how far away the objects were based on his knowledge and understanding of at of the FLIR systems and having used them and then what that would mean speed wise and then what those rotations would mean and so uh you, you do all of that uh, and um at the end of the day you you stand by the fact that okay you've done your due diligence that this is something that the pilots themselves thought were anomalous uh, when it went right. to the Border Patrol who was trying to put it together, they thought it was anomalous. And so it's a lot like the uh, uh, air quote Batman balloon photo that was released a couple of years ago where, where people argued about that. And I'm like, look, dude, I'm telling you f- for a fact, this is one that was 
in the US UAP task force's data set. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> now, if they're wrong, they're crazy, that's fine. But uh, this is one that's in their data set. And so the same thing with the Apache. This is one that's in that data set of anomalous things. But, but certainly not the best. Very cool. Gentlemen, I want to switch topics here because we got about seven and a half minutes left on the radio side of things here. And I want to quickly talk about NASA talking about getting into the UFO game. Is anybody else pulling out their hair just wanting to scream at Bill Nelson and say, before you go public on something like this, why aren't you checking your own closet for what you guys have hidden for 50 years? We know that astronauts in Gemini and Apollo all the way up to today have seen anomalous objects in space that they cannot clarify. And yet Bill Nelson is coming out, well, maybe we should uh, start our own agency looking into this. And wow, this is an interesting topic. Maybe extraterrestrials are here. Is anybody else frustrated that he's actually playing this card? Or is it just me? Bob, let's start with well, you. It, it's worse than that. They announced today that they're not going to stand up an office because, look, they have a charter and they have a budget. And they don't have it in a charter. They don't have funding for an office. So they can't stand up an office without Congress giving them a budget and changing their charter. That's number one. Number two, they said they were only going to provide scientific advisors to other people's efforts. So, yeah, it's frustrating as hell. Uh, what can I say? It's just as frustrating as it can be. But you would hope that they get called in front of Congress and told to tell the truth. I agree. Dan. Like, I'll give you, I'll give, me, give you one example. Okay. Christina Ferretti is on the International Space Station right now. When she was up before, there was a UAP that flew right in front of them in the camera, and you can go find the video of her screaming her lungs out when that thing flew across because she was scared to death. She's up there right now. They know that happened. Danny, your thoughts? Like a lot of this, I see both sides of it. I see, you know, I'm happy that there's movement and they're talking about it and there's less stigma. And on the other side, I'm furious because we know they've been looking into it the whole time and they're basically lying. And I, and I just don't believe them um, that they haven't been and all of a sudden now they are. And that goes with governments. But on the other hand, like I said, I'm ecstatic that they're happy about it or that they're talking about it. It's a great thing. It's great movement, and it's something we could bring to the public since it's no longer some conspiracy theory, and they're admitting it. John, how about you? Your mic's on mute. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean the thing is, I've actually worked with a lot of people in NASA, and uh, you know, my my personal opinion is is that I'm I'm actually really glad they're 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 getting involved um, because I, I actually know the guy that ran um, one of the bases and. Uh, um, you know, basically, you know, I have a lot of information about them, and I worked with them. We were actually the one, the company I was at, we were the ones that actually supplied them their first 100 gig Ethernet cards, actually, to do some work. Um, and uh, and so they tested those with us. And um, and so, uh, you know, what I've found is, and, and, you know, and I really encourage everyone to do this, go to a space, go to a space access conference, go to one of these local conferences that are around where you meet real, real, real rocket people real ground truth rocket people 
you will find some of the most honest, genuine, hardworking, brilliant engineers you will ever, 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 ever encounter. And the idea that they would put up with any sort of deceptive cloak if there wasn't some reason that they believed or they were being very, very carefully, very carefully conned, I, I, I have a really hard time... I. I have a really hard time believing it. I think there's a duality that exists in NASA. There's always been a duality. They, they, there were so many shuttle programs that had two completely different sides to it, a completely black side that was doing completely different things, not always bad, not negative, not evil, just black. And, and so they've always had this duality, and I think they have to live in this duality, and that, that creates a situation where they are always going to appear two-faced to anyone that tries to look at the whole, at the whole beast. Well, I understand. Right. I understand that, but you know, Tim, with reports since the 1960s that they have scrubbed photos of UFOs and communications that uh, they have not brought public, whether it was from uh, Apollo astronauts, Gemini astronauts, even into the shuttle program. I mean, at some point, NASA has to admit that their hands are dirty in the UFO game. Sure. I, 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 first of all, I agree with what everybody has said, uh, particularly, you know, like Danny said, it, it, it's kind of bittersweet. So it's good and, and frustrating. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with what John said. You know, I was, I've been fortunate enough 2006, 2007 to, to work at uh, Kennedy Space Center on the law enforcement side. So I have been exposed to the NASA and, and NASA scientists, engineers, and, and uh, I reiterate exactly what John said. These are real scientific people. They're, they're, great people who are kind of dedicated uh, to the foundation of science. But at the same time, I, I've also said, and I've grown up around military bases my whole life, uh, Kennedy Space Center was probably the most secure facility I've ever been in. I mean, it it was the only one in this 2006 where, where the guards had MP5, you know, machine guns at the gate. And, and you literally didn't get through the gate unless you you know we had law enforcement badges from nasa but if you didn't have that like if you want to go on a tour you get on a bus outside the gate they drive you in you stay with them you get out and, and that's it's not even that uh restricted at at most military bases it's not like that here at spang Dalam. it's not like that uh, i could not even the only place i've ever seen that was as secure as ames was like fort huachuca or someplace mm-hmm. like that. Like I mean, like I mean, it, it was. I mean, basically, in in the last twenty five years, there have been two public tours of NASA Ames for this community that I live in, and we live right next to it. We support them. A lot of us, you know, have family that work there, and still two public tours in twenty five years. Um, you know, it's you can get in there if you're involved in some organization. I've been there, but it's it's not it's not easy, and they're and they're 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 hardcore, and that's the place that's not even doing well anyway. But it, it point is, yeah. NASA is very, very, very careful. Very careful. And so there is kind of this dual black-white hat uh, world kind of component to it. Uh, I I will say just in, in interviewing people, both in the DOD, um, some in NASA, uh, that um, they're very much at least is portrayed this kind of uh, either willful apathy for any of the historic events that have gone on or anything that has gone on uh, predating, let's say, what we see going on now. Uh, there's this kind of um, rediscovery of UAP. Let me put it that way. It seems like, uh, to an extent, uh, a lot of times the you know people have seemed either ignorant, like we saw with the Maelstrom uh, airbase right. thing, which I think is ridiculous, but um, we, we see that kind of ignorance 
personally, I think uh, potentially what we're seeing, uh, just looking at it from a bureaucratic angle, is, is setting the conditions of something that, that I said I could wholeheartedly see and frankly think is a good thing, is that there reaches a point where the, the DOD and the intelligence community says, look, this is not a national security threat. This is not a defense issue. This is not a foreign adversary. Uh, this this is something that is a scientific endeavor, and we're going to hand the potato off to a scientific agency. Gentlemen, uh, I got to that would be good. I got to cut it off right there for the radio side because this three hour amazing roundtable just went by at the snap of a finger. Tim McMillan from the debrief, John Hudson, Science Bob from Silver Record, Danny Silva. And earlier on, Jimmy Church, thank you so much for joining us. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends. We're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bubblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night. Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. Welcome to another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with hyper gig speeds. Say hello to the Walkers, a family of not one but four gagillionaires, each living up their gagillionaire life at ludicrous internet speed. First up, Anna Walker. She dominates streaming like the matriarch she is. No show ever goes unwatched under her watch. Next episode. Next up, Peter Walker. There's no stopping this dad bod from showing up to his virtual workout sessions. Oh, let's go leg day. And finally, the Walker twins. They may look alike, but couldn't internet more differently. Harry dominates his fellow online gamers while Heather group video chats with friends. Ooh, nice background filter, Jess. Live like a gagillionaire. Get internet that upgrades everything. AT&T Fiber, now with speeds up to 5 gigs. Limited availability in select areas. Speed's not guaranteed. Single device wired speed. Max 4.7 gig per second. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. At Omni Hotels and Resorts, discover endless ways to enjoy your summer. Hike, bike, dine, zipline, and more at over 50 city and resort destinations coast to coast. Explore all we have to offer and book now at omnihotels.com slash summer.